Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an off-forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and in the words of the teens, bro. And with me, I've got Liam. In in the words of uh, one of the teens, butthole. I do not remember one of them saying butthole. It was in subtitles. He said it in Navi, you know. Oh, you got to read it. Were you reading the subtitles, Corey? Or you just... I closed my eyes when the subtitles came on screen. <laughs> yeah, th- th- those parts are fucking boring, but they're scary. I read a few of them. Dude, the whale can talk. The whale talks in papyrus. <laughs> I know it's fucking awesome. Uh, and, and Mitch, Mitch also talks in papyrus. <laughs> in the words of Jake Sully, Sully stay together. Don't they stick together? They might. I didn't wah, take notes. So There's a dark room. Yeah, who gives I will a shit? Say, uh, in the past, though, so this is not the first theater bound tmao movie but in the past i have brought a notebook to the theater i just didn't this time yeah me neither for doctor sleep i took notes in the theater on my lap into a notebook that i couldn't see so i was flipping pages when i thought i had run out of space so there's just notes all over this one notebook that i have that are just like there's like three notes a page because i couldn't see what i was writing no, I, I didn't bother because I was too busy sn- smuggling in confectionaries. So I didn't want to have to do that and manage a notepad, you know? Right. Uh, what'd you bring? Uh, I pretty much brought like all of all of Walmart's sweets aisle. No, I brought some gummy bears. I brought lobster some Lobster sandwich. I brought a little Dr. Club. Pepper. It was it was a uh, a very decadent affair for a decadent movie. Yeah, that sounds great, dude. This is like the TMAO Holy Grail. In a the way. way of water. We've known this movie is coming for what? Twelve years or something? No, well, even 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 before the first <laughs> one came out, he was talking about doing sequels. We so. have been waiting on pins and fucking needles with baby breath. Finally, Avatime, dude. It's Avatime for Avatar. The Way of Water, the second of 45 upcoming Avatar films. One for every day of the year is going to come out. Dude, you can Avatar every day of the goddamn week. One um, at the beginning of each season. He's weezering it. That's his he's, idea. He's wheezing it. And they're all actually going to be different colors. So by the end, you can just say, oh, this is James Cameron's green album or whatever. Does Weezer right. have a green one? They do. This yeah, is his yeah. Aquamarine album. It is. This is this is the teal album. There's gonna be a the way of grass that'll be green. There's gonna be the way That's of smoking snow. blunts, bro. The way of grass, dude. I bet those navis are gonna discover hallucinogenics in one of these movies. <laughs> I feel like they already have, haven't they? In the first one. Well, that oh, wasn't yeah, hallucinogenics. That was Maybe. just like that. Wasn't that just like interfacing with the life tree? That What's sounds like difference? a sentence I made up, but I think What's that's I think that's all real. I think everything I just said is real. I'm just interfacing with the psilocybin. <laughs> so, something I want to mention up front: I did not rewatch Avatar. <laughs> what? Did you? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Liam, did you rewatch Avatar? No. Okay. So we need to clarify one additional thing in the year of our lord 2009 did we all see avatar yes 
Yes, but not in a theater. So you saw you never saw Avatar in a theater. No, no, I missed it. Okay, and Lee uh, or Mitch, did you see Avatar in a theater? Yeah, I went to see it with my dad and my sisters and a couple of friends that are kind of like <laughs> kind of friends that I'm not so much like in contact anymore. So I kind of think of it as like a bit of a meme. Um, well, it was like uh, crossing the Rubicon of those yeah, friendships. We all did. We all did. Uh, what a <laughs> what an investment of time that we all spent together in that theater. Yeah. And so yeah, I saw it. I saw it once in theaters, and I have not seen it since. Other than like maybe like snippets on TV, but I saw Avatar in theaters, and I have not seen it since. So that's interesting. So I have seen it most recently, and that's because I must have waited for the DVD release. So I saw it in like early 2010. So I've got a few months on you guys. Okay. My memory is better. But in both cases, it's been a, over a decade. It has. Yeah, it's been. It's crazy that Avatar well came out in 2009. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> to me dude and i remember i remember 2009 feeling God. like the peak of history i mean at one point it was the, it was the farthest in history we had ever gone but i remember watching the clock on <laughs> new year's eve from 2008 to 2009 and when it read 2009 and all the youtube videos from that point on said you know uploaded in 2009 i thought like this is the future it's not it gonna it's like not gonna future. get any any more future than this and then and then it just it just keeps getting more future the harsh march of time uh yeah i what's crazy about it is 2009 like i was 12 but it doesn't feel like when avatar came out i was 12 you know what Do i you mean you feel like you were younger or older i th in my head i was older like i'm routinely mm. surprised at how long ago avatar came out like Avatar feels like it should have come out like in the middle of like the first phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hmm. And it didn't. It like beat most of that to ever existing. Um which is interesting to me. To me it totally feels like it it belongs where it does. Like I I remember it existing before um the glut of Marvel movies and it existing when 3D movies were all the rage and uh you know for me it was it would have been I'm a bit older than you guys so it would have been like the year before I was in high school. Um it, it would have been my 8th grade year and I uh at that point it really felt like I was like on the cusp of becoming an an adult and and things uh things changing just because i was like i was a teenager now um but that that stretch when i was actually in high school that happened a year later that went by so quickly and things changed so much in those four years and marvel movies became so big um so because this was the last movie uh one of the last big movies to come out while i was in middle school it it feels it feels old to me it feels about as old as it is yeah, yeah. i'm with you it, it fits exactly the right place for me because i i remember it sort of you know it came out in that time grade seven grade eight when i was definitely like <laughs> more anxious about a lot of things than i am now and i remember i had this massive fresh zit right on my face that i was very insecure about the oh. day that i went to see avatar and i feel like i had just started kind of getting teenage acne at, the, at that time so for me i just 
think of the first Avatar movie and I think of that zit that it's thankfully no longer there. But yeah, no, I definitely like that. That point in time looms large in my in my mind um, when when I went to see it. Those sort of formative years. Interesting. Uh, in in the in the wake of the recession, yeah. So and you know, do you actively associate? those with avatar or are they just coming to mind now and we happen to be talking about avatar no like i i when i think of avatar i think of going to see it that time and i think of of uh like that experience because i haven't okay. revisited it so yeah i think of that particular point in time in my life okay and how often by extension do you think about avatar and i am asking this question with a purpose almost never um okay. it's funny i was watching how to with john wilson and there's a sequence in that where they meet like this avatar fan club and at first it's sort of oh, was, yeah, it's the... poking fun at them because avatar only seems to exist in like the collective memory of the past at that point it's like oh yeah do you remember that massive epic movie with blue people and uh these people who love avatar are all seen as kind of weird and and their interests are in something that is like irrelevant and kind of died shortly after arrival um so yeah I, up until this point i've kind of just thought of avatar as like this massive um sprawling epic that that was big when it came out and uh hasn't necessarily had cultural staying power okay uh i'm so glad you said that because you're you're teeing me up incredibly here um liam how often do you think about avatar um in the last couple of years you know as this sequel has has been talked about and we actually know it's coming for sure um you know when they said filming was done and all that and that and was he's a few making years the rest ago he just said that so we're, we're living That's in the right. avatar times now so so in the last few years i'd say um it doesn't just pop into my head but i come across it a lot you know i listen to movie podcasts and stuff like that and so um occasionally they'll mention avatar in the sequel so in the last few years i'd, I'd say quite a bit I'm, I'm reminded of avatar and um and how it, it it's a massive movie and people are really excited for it but before that you know from the stretch of like 2000 and I don't know, maybe 2012, 2013, because I think I feel like that's when Avengers, I guess, came out in like 2011. So maybe like 2011 on, it felt like the uh, the filmic landscape really changed. Um, and so from that point on, I, I didn't think about Avatar very much. I've only seen it the one time. Um, I, I think I would only really ever think about it in terms of like a fun fact that I knew it was the highest grossing movie ever made. Um, but I, I wouldn't think about it much. And and as to your earlier question of uh, does the movie, do I associate that time with Avatar? Like Mitch, I actually do um, because it was it was a pretty impactful watching experience. I, I don't actually remember hearing about the movie when it was in theaters maybe um i, th I think what, i had a really yeah yeah wow. i just i was just not uh you know i was i was at, so active like uh, going to movies and you stuff didn't, you been... didn't hear about the biggest movie ever made <laughs> like i'm not saying that like you know it was mentioned to me in like 2010 when it came out on dvd and i was like right. oh i never heard of this but like it just wasn't i guess i just didn't uh really internalize it it wasn't i didn't i didn't care much about it because i wasn't a big uh um blockbuster uh action movie like sci-fi guy so like whenever i heard about it i probably just brushed it off right um 
And then when okay. it came out on DVD, my, my best friend at the time, I think he had gone to see it in theaters uh, months earlier with his older brother. And that's probably who I had heard about it from when it was in theaters. And I probably decided not to go. Um, and then when it came out on DVD, he said, you, you really got to see this movie. It's out on DVD now. So me, me and my family are all going to watch it again. And so I joined them for that. And, and we watched it in their living room. And uh my experience was that for for like an hour maybe i wasn't really into it it was uh it was what i um what i thought that i wouldn't be interested in you know a lot of sci-fi concepts and they are uh, who we thought they were yeah um <laughs> but but i remember getting taken a kind of taken away by the movie in the in the second half and i'll talk about that more later but watching that did stick out with me and and um it stuck out with it sticks out to me because of the point in my life it happened you know the next year i went to high school i hung out with that best friend a lot you know less and less and uh and then as the years went on as the film landscape changed uh the things that I did with my time also changed the people I hung out with. And so Avatar was connected to this this one friend and this sleepover I had at his house and how at the time it was just one of countless sleepovers. But um, it might have actually been, you know, like uh, one of the 10th or the 20th last sleepovers I had right. at his house. And so so I do think about that sometimes. Um, but in terms of just the movie itself, yes, I, I, I didn't think about it too much until these last few years. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things like you don't know the last time you're going to be in your childhood house is happening or something like one of those. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and first of all, that's fascinating. And I, I ask that for two reasons. One, I, I don't have a particular like association with Avatar. Like it, like it was such a significant moment at the time. And I participated in that as uh, many of other people did to the tune of billions of dollars. But and you know, I, I went to school dressed as a Navi for a week. But besides that, yeah, but like so many of us were doing that, that like I didn't even really think I had to mention it. Like all the pictures are on my Facebook. You can go find them. Um, and no, nobody was mad, which was great. It, it, you know, <laughs> too many woke people nowadays. So you can't dress as a Navi when you go to school anymore. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, I just find it fascinating because I don't have like a direct association with it. I do remember seeing it in theaters and remember being kind of, you know, awestruck by it. Just uh, like in terms of raw spectacle that it was a very like um like a very tangible like holy shit kind of moment but i i don't think about it much and i i like i only recently read something where i was like oh yeah michelle rodriguez is in that movie like stuff like that that has just sort of left my brain but mitch helped tee this up and cuz mitch you said that you were watching the how um the John Wilson show. How to John Wilson. How to John Wilson. I was going to yeah. say the right thing and then got nervous uh, that I was getting it wrong. But um, and how the, the part of the the initial meme of that like fan group is this is a movie that had like no cultural staying power, and I guess in a way like I'm exhibiting that because I don't have like this huge attachment to Avatar. Mitch, you said that you also sort of noted it as something that 
seem to have like its cultural moment rather than a cultural push. And it's been interesting in the rollout of the sequel. And this is something that we don't necessarily always get to talk to if it's a sequel to something that kind of like just sort of happened. But Avatar was such a significant thing that people keep having this discourse online about whether or not Avatar does or did have cultural staying power. And as little as I remembered for a long time about that movie, and as much as I maybe didn't think about it, I think it's ludicrous to imply that Avatar did not have cultural staying power. Because if you look at 2009 and you look at basically every blockbuster movie, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like after 2009, and you don't see like the Avatar template in motion, you're crazy. Oh, no, I agree with that. The, like, filmically, like, in terms of its influence, it's everywhere, right? But like, I this- think that's that's cultural, though, right? Like, I think there's been this interesting thing happening where people are saying, like, oh, I don't have dreams about hanging out with Jake Sully and his Avatar. Therefore, Avatar did not have a cultural impact. And it's yes, like it, I don't think it has like the same sort of cultural impact that I don't know, say like a Star Wars movie, like still ma- manages to have like another well, uh, comparable big sci-fi film that people are still talking about from years and years and years ago. I feel like Avatar is comparatively less. Uh, I think it was people, like the cultural sort of zeitgeist, and like you know, I think just the way that that ordinary people embrace it. I think people might name drop it less, but I, I feel like people are ignoring at times the degree to which that movie is like the Rosetta stone for every similarly sized movie that came after avatar. Oh, you're yeah. You're very uh, right in that regard. For sure. Like the MCU owes an almost comical debt to avatar and like any big loud, three hour cgi yeah like run times the way movies are shot like just like um being so effects driven being able to be done on a stage like you know the construction of it but also i think um like the relative straightforwardness of the narrative the relative straightforwardness of like the moral or like the parable or the metaphor that was at play like assuming there even is one you know i think that I nobody may be like you know in 2017 I doubt anybody was dressing up as like Neytiri for Halloween and that's fair like it's a to- it's a different kind of cultural or if they were like, they were do- doing it ironically or they were doing it ironically um, but like the I've been thinking about Avatar a lot before coming in to watch Avatar um and maybe I should have rewatched it because I I could underscore some of these points better but. Like, no wonder that movie made like nearly three billion dollars, right? Like, considering no how sh- it looks like and like, and yeah, the marketing, no shit. And, yeah, it was like huge obviously. And I, I think that you know cultural impact, even beyond this like filmic one that we're giving, like it was the highest grossing movie ever made for a long time. Like before the MCU machine really kicked itself into high gear. Like, I don't know. I, it got me thinking about just like both the ways in which Avatar 
was influential all the way down to the French postal stamps, which are real, by the way, which is very funny. But, um, and then just like also just the fact that James Cameron like is almost physically incapable of not making the highest grossing movie ever made. Like, I don't know. It's just really interesting. I'm so glad there is an avatar too, just to talk about this. Like, it's really, it's fascinating that we got here and that it took so long, like is just very interesting. I also, I think it's amazing that Avatar is the highest grossing movie. And if you look at the list of of all time highest grossing movies, it's so many sequels and movies that came after Avatar. Um, Following it on the list, Avengers Endgame, Star Wars Force Awakens, Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man No Way Home. It's just Jurassic World, the the remake of The Lion King. You know, it's things that are... The remake of The Lion King is on there? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't I don't even know anybody I don't even know anybody I feel like that saw that movie. And so well yeah so I think wow. a lot of the same criticisms people have of Avatar holding that spot and maybe not having um the the staying power that other huge movies do um I think it's kind of misplaced just because movies that make a lot of money don't necessarily uh they're not it looks like they're not often the type of movies that are referenced all the time that have memorable quotes repeated um like titanic would be one where i'd give it to titanic and amazingly made by james cameron as well you know that has that has quotes that has iconography that has um scenes that people who haven't seen the movie can bring up but other stuff here i think um it's more representative of of time and a moment in time and like a culmination of things and people um don't necessarily talk about these movies the way that we talk about other uh movies that we say have a lot of cultural relevance like i think cultural relevance and and uh a lot of people going to see a a movie while it's in theaters are are sort of different things like star wars force awakens avengers infinity war jurassic world you don't really hear people quoting these movies here's here's the thing though you do we just aren't those people like Mm. and by we i'm just generalizing because i no 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 like we're not in kansas anymore i feel like that might be the one well i mean i say bro all the time i'm just kidding but um but like liam just listed a bunch of like the mcu and star wars or stuff that's on this list right and saying like we also don't hear people talk about those but it's like we do like there are legions of people who spend massive sums of their time talking about those things quoting those things like living those things like every day like the mcu is people some people's like whole life and i think that that is is like if you're not invested into those things and i it's fascinating that we're the people to do this podcast considering we're not invested into those things but like those people exist i think what's unique about avatar is that that's where i would agree that maybe to a lesser extent that is true as with the the john wilson show they exist the, there were discord servers to help people get tickets to this movie and if you couldn't afford it someone would buy it for you like people wanted to make sure that avatar fans got in here but 
it is fascinating looking at this list and seeing like what Liam was just saying um, and just going like, yeah, who's talking about these? And I think the people that are talking about these are just the, the like, like, I feel like it's a Stan culture driven thing. Yeah. Right? I think your point about the MCU and, and, you know, people who are being super invested in things, I feel like in part with the release pattern of those movies and, and, and the marketing that goes with them and, and how they're designed to be uh, distributed, I feel like you kind of have to be invested to get something out of them or more out of them because they're so intertextual. Um, and, uh, th- like events that happen in the other film are are, are kind of like uh, brought up subtly in them, and, and uh, so yeah, you kind of I think to get the most out of a lot of those big, high-grossing Marvel movies or superhero movies, you got to uh, you got to kind of watch them all to get the most out of it. Yeah. So on the not adjusted for inflation, highest-grossing films list, you have for things that are not, um, like adapted properties. There is Avatar at number one, Titanic at number three, both of which are James Cameron's movie. And then you have to go all the way to fucking 47. And you get Zootopia. Every single other thing is a franchise. It's good news for us. That's fucking crazy. Like... Familiarity sells, you know? I know, but like when you just look at it, it's nuts. Like there's uh maybe before that, if this counts, Corey, Frozen is at nineteen. Oh, I missed that. You know what? Frozen Frozen would count. Minions would not because it's a sequel to Despicable Me. Mm Mm-hmm. But Frozen counts. You're you're absolutely right. I saw Frozen 2 and just glossed over it. But Frozen is at 19. Totally fair. But even then, that means there's four in the top 50. Like, yeah, that's and that's so wild. And I think like there's something to be said that Avatar sort of in terms of like this cultural uh, discourse sort of has the deck stacked against it. Um because yeah people there are people who are so into the mcu and and talk about all these movies but but they have the advantage that these movies are are culminations or sequels they're building they're building on past movies and so you kind of have to see them as well yeah you have to see them and then part of the conversation and the dedication isn't just people saying oh i love avengers endgame that's that's my favorite movie no they 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 would might often say you know i love the mcu i love the avengers i love i love the captain america character and so it's like all the movies i think sort of blend together in the conversation whereas avatar for the longest time has just been the single movie um and i think people point at it because titanic was was also a single movie but it was it was based on real life it was, a, it, was a, it was a dramatic it was a dramatic movie and so it got it got discussion that way whereas avatar sort of feels like these other movies like you said it it laid the template or at least reinforced the template that a lot of uh huge movies would then go on to follow so it feels like those films but it it never had a sequel for so long so all you could talk about is the the you know three hours of Avatar, and, all and you that's could talk it. Talk about is unobtainium. Yeah, 
Whereas, so it could easily get picked apart or disregarded. Whereas all these other movies, um, you don't have to just talk about uh, Fast and the Furious Seven or um, Avengers: Age of Ultron. You talk about the Avengers in general, and I think that that sort of gives it a leg up. And and there's one released every couple of years, and I think or every year several times a year so several, i feel like th- now it is several times a year and that's not even including tv shows yeah so i feel like the re- the fact that they're released on such a great scale i think also aid- aids that as well yeah. But, yeah i i am very curious to see how avatar plays out in that kind of cultural conversation of like narrative and content when we're getting an avatar every 2 years yeah yeah the conversation very well might change because yeah. now it's going to be a franchise it's a different from now thing. until 2028 we are getting an avatar every two years huh like yeah and I, like is that going to like what element of this reputation is it going to reinforce like that like they're all these like absolute smash blockbusters or that they're smash blockbusters that nobody talks about after right like I'm I don't know. I'm very curious to find out. Like or just has the nature of the way people engage with these things changed enough in the intervening decade that people are more ready to run like a Stan Tumblr page or like Instagram page or a TikTok, right? Like are we going to have Kiri fan cams? Like is that like I'm not asking that joke or that question because it sounds like a joke. Like I'm genuinely like is it going to just seamlessly fit in with the rest of it? I have no idea. I'm very curious. Like, because the kind of movie that he's making is just different enough, I think, from the Marvel ones, or like the 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 ones that do the best in this model, that I don't know if it's going to click 100% the same way. My guess is, is that it will. I think... Um... You know, we we kind of have a bit of a peak already because because this movie Avatar Two is is doing well at the box office. Um, it's already but, almost doing better than Top Gun. No, it's already doing better than. It's Top doing Gun. better, yeah. And mm-hmm. that took almost all year for Top Gun to do, and it took Avatar like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, you could you could still pause it that it's it's going to be a flash in the pan, and people won't talk about it and get tired of it. But I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I think that. Um, the fact that it's made the money and then the fact that there are going to be more of them and that it's a spectacle, I think that's really all it takes. I think people just need to be reminded that it exists. You know, Avatar came out in 2009 and then things changed so greatly at the movies. Uh, the type of movies coming out um, was just like so much more incessant yeah. and people, you know, people uh, often have to be reminded of stuff. We, we've got wandering attention spans. And so yeah. I, I think uh, the more that Avatar goes on, I, th- I think it's absolutely just going to slot right into that conversation. I think kids are going to love it. I think it's going to keep making money. And I think uh, it is, it's going to become more of a, more of a juggernaut if, if, uh, if we're conceding that it hasn't been a, a juggernaut in terms of uh, in the wide senses. cultural yeah. relevance. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though. Cause I've always found that the, the first Avatar movie to be, uh, forgettable in a lot of ways and and difficult to kind of reference and and with weak sort of characterizations and and the characters that are sort of devoid of charm that you can't sort of grab onto and be like this this is my character who i'm gonna who i'm gonna reference or 
or um, you know, I've always found that the Avatar films, uh, or the, at least the first one, <laughs> um, I'm not going to show my hand yet, but th- that that it uh, is, yeah, certainly is a, a difficult movie, I think, uh, culturally to evoke compared to say like a a Spider Man film or something, right? Where it's 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 bounding with charm and and it's and it's applicable, and and I've I've found the the first Avatar movie to kind of um, occupy sort of a, a sphere of, of like <laughs> uh, almost like predetermined kind of a, a irrelevance because it was de- devoid Ooh. of those things outside of being just like a visual film that you see. And, and I think that images uh, are powerful to be sure, but I think that, that oftentimes they images themselves fade in our minds and we're just kind of left with like, when I think of the first avatar film now, I think of like, well, yeah, it was probably great, but I don't, you know, I, I, there's nothing I can kind of latch on to and reference years from from then. But I guess part of that question, though, isn't it like, sure, the Spider-Man movies are referenceable, but they're also sitting on 70 years of uh, Spider-Man yeah. stories. Like, certainly. Those, those just had a baked-in cultural relevance. Mm-hmm. So perhaps and it's I, not a good comparison to Spider-Man. But, it's not necessarily but, um, bad, but it's just like, I think we don't know what to do with Avatar because... The one thing it doesn't have is that baked-in cultural capital. Yeah. So then when it comes out and it does all that money and it does all that like um, technical groundbreaking and it does all of that like template building, but nobody wants to go as Miles Quaritch for Halloween, like it makes you wonder, like, did it really do that? And I think what it what that says to me at least in part is like IP goes a long fucking way man cuz we didn't have 70 years of Avatar to talk about. And I think the easiest way for Avatar to get people invested into an original thing in the format that it was in was probably to be as simplified and straightforward as I recall it being. And like Mitch is saying like very boilerplate I think would be fair. Um, that was probably just a helpful shorthand for thing you can understand and then you engage with the spectacle on the levels that we want you to. But like it is a like a tangible thing because even like Jurassic World, like three movies that I would say and I think fairly mostly universally panned, but they can still make a trailer for a Jurassic World movie where it plays that slowed down piano little notes music and shows you like Sam Neill and Laura Dern and people start to like cry in a movie theater because they know who that is. Mm-hmm. And Avatar just never had that. And I want to know how that's going to play out here, right? Like it's it's enigmatic um in that way. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting cultural conversation to have. Yeah, because it really, it does feel different than um, a lot of these other massive movies. I mean, I think the Spider-Man comparison is a good one just to to look at the differences, that juxtaposition. Like, all those superhero movies, um, the Marvel ones in particular, I haven't seen as many of the DC ones, but I've seen Aquaman, and I would include that, um, that they have like this, this consistent... Uh, comedic tone to them they've got little quips and uh and and um 
funny beats all throughout it throughout the action and they've got funny setups and stuff and and comedy kind of kind of pulls people along and, and gets them to the action um and they also have the built-in characters and then you know you can have returning characters you can have big reveals and stuff like that and so far avatar doesn't have that and and just based on this second movie the way it's put together i don't think it's it's going to it's going to be uh a, a different franchise uh, mm. tonally than these other movies, and so I do wonder if if it'll be revealed that that it's gonna not be enough at when the movies become uh, more regular. You know, this was the first one in many years, and so so um, I guess the argument could be made that people are going back to it uh, because they want to see what the technology has has developed into in the last thirteen years. Um, but maybe as the the movies go on, people will kind of be uh, like the greater public, the public that that get, gets those huge Marvel numbers up there. Maybe they will be after something uh, that has uh, more of those big uh, that type of crowd pleasing moments and and those bits of comedy. My guess is is still that it's it's gonna work and that uh this is gonna become a new type of movie that that people do flock to but um but i think the differences are there and so i think it is possible that that it couldn't happen maybe because of that yeah i think again like i was uh, just really quick part of my argument is just like how do you make a loac fan cam and i keep using the fan cam example because it's funny but like it's also true right like so much of that like post marvel screening engagement comes like online in other shorthand ways like the movies themselves have that shorthand that is like tonally consistent across them that like i don't know it doesn't feel like it totally parallels with that yeah i think uh, i think another point too and i think avatar is kind of behind the eight ball on this is when you look at a, at a marvel movie it's full of people who you recognize and, and stars that you already have a relationship with on screen and and people who you who you like and who they can kind of plug in the marketing in compelling ways and i think in avatar most of your cast is is unrecognizable and i think that is maybe working against it to a degree i think there's nobody like no individual to latch on to and i think that like we're overstating or we're maybe we're understating or or not quite touching upon like the role that celebrity plays in the success of a blockbuster and um i think it's avatar is interesting because it's kind of uh devoid of that it's very easy to forget who's in the avatar movie because you can't really tell who they are outside of their voice that's a really good point and i wonder how that'll play out but and it's hard to tell just with this second movie, but the fact that you know this one has has been making so much money and and still has those major differences from from other movies on this list, you know, makes me think that it might it might work out. But that's a really good point, you know. Even uh, there's no even Tom the people, Holland or Robert yeah, Downey Jr. Right? <laughs> and even the people who are who who might be uh, more recognizable, like uh, Zoe Saldana, like or she did. You is, know, Kate Winslet was in this movie. You yeah, Kate know Winslet. If you just went in and saw it, that's mm-hmm. right. And so like, they, it, it's it's like James Cameron is purposefully uh, eschewing this um, 
this idea of celebrity and and some of the biggest characters in this movie uh um who who we see outside of the navi makeup are are people that uh um I don't think you like are, is Jermaine are, Clement your are massive draw. draws. Yeah, Jermaine <laughs> yeah. Clement, Stephen Lang, the guy from Don't Breathe, uh, mm. and even Sigourney Weaver. Like, of course, everyone knows Sigourney Weaver, but but Sigourney she's Weaver's older. Playing like a fourteen-year-old, like Edie, and, and, Edie Falco. I got excited when I when I saw Edie Falco because I was like, finally, someone I recognize. <laughs> and then she's yeah. in it for like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 not necessarily people that that are, are these huge draws anymore. And then you know he he also like um, that character of Spider is someone that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page where he could have easily cast someone. Can we quickly who, say his name too? Sorry, Liam, but does everybody know that know. actor's name? No, his name is Jack Champion. Oh, that's a good name. That's such a good name. Please, continue. sounds like a porn name. <laughs> it's a child, bitch. So does CCH Pounder, who's also in this. Um, but it's like that could have easily been cast as a, a teenager that is that has been in something massive or some sort of rising star. And and James Cameron seems to be like, forget that. I'm 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 going to cast whoever I want. Even our lead, Sam Worthington, um, is a guy that people have also sort of made fun of in this avatar way of saying that he he was pushed as a leading man for a good while and he did he didn't stick around he doesn't have cultural relevance and i think it's it's pretty badass that that james cameron keeps him at the center of this movie Uh, you know albia he he doesn't uh i don't think he's shown outside of the makeup or makeup the the cg i think he uh is just in navi form the whole time but he's still he's still the lead he's top build in this movie and i i think that is really cool to see uh such different approaches being taken to to a massive blockbuster the similarities and the differences are really interesting yeah like sam worthington's most like immediately recognizable role aside from avatar was what clash of the titans yeah like which kind of came and went right like it's a lot of it's, stuff it's earlier fascinating. on fascinating it's fascinating like yeah um yeah and then all of that kind of leads into avatar 2 i guess <laughs> um avatar 2 the way of water, which uh, a lot of people I'm sure have incorrectly called the way of the water because it kind of feels like maybe there should be another the in there. Yeah. I've also heard that some people um, think that there's no no uh, the at all and it's just way of water. Do you guys like the name? Not really. Uh, no. Like, out now that I've seen the movie, I mean, it certainly makes sense, but... But I think I I remember it being announced, and even now I think about it, it just seems it seems kind of plain to me. I think subtitles are often hard to do. I think they they almost always just feel corny. So, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take points off of it for having a, what I think is a corny subtitle because almost all movies do. Yeah, I don't think it's any better or worse than like the average. It's, it's serviceable. You know what you're getting. Yeah, you're getting the way of water. You're getting blue avatars. My, or like aquamarine avatars an hour or so into the movie yeah um so avatar the way of water uh is if you can believe it directed by james cameron we all know who james cameron is i'm not giving credits for james cameron um the screenplay is by james cameron 
and also Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. They both did Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes, and also Jurassic World and the live-action remake of Mulan. And then the story is by James Cameron, Rick Jaffa, and Amanda Silver, and also Josh Friedman, who did War of the Worlds 2005, Terminator, Dark Fate, and the Snowpiercer TV show, and Shane Salerno, who did Armageddon and the video game Ghost Recon Wildlands, which I got to say, all of those are like very well-known movies in most cases. That feels like a very motley crew of writers to me. I was very surprised to see that. But I guess it does also strike me as the people that you would get for making your big gigantic movie. But it was interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, I wonder I wonder how he picked them, you know. I think it it is interesting that they that they all have um big credits to their name, but they're not, you know, they're certainly not plucked from the uh from the Marvel crew, but um but it's it's also not, you know, uh randoms that these are people with with credits to them so i wonder i wonder how he picked them yeah it's interesting because a few people here like worked on titanic or like a couple other james cameron things um so like some of it i guess was just like you know you know your people and then some of it i'd be curious too um i think this is a first this movie has four editors uh one of which is james cameron so James Cameron has had a hand in every credit I've said so far. You can't say he's not dedicated. Um, also, uh, David Brenner, whose work includes Born on the 4th of July, Independence Day, The Day After Tomorrow, 2012, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, again, movies that make sense for the kind of thing we're doing. Also, Lolita, which is an interesting outlier in that list. Um but also a disaster movie. Just in like a way. <laughs> you the can, 1990s one, I take it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's say if they're still around after like the 60s, that's quite a long career. Yeah. Um, John Rafua uh, did uh, Transformers The Last Night, The Magnificent Seven from 2016, Geostorm, and also Balls of Fury and Olympus oh, Has Fallen. The, the yeah. ping pong movie. The ping pong movie, yeah. Um, and then Stephen E. Rivkin uh, also worked on Avatar. Uh, a few Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Alita: Battle Angel was James Cameron produced. Uh, and My Cousin Vinny. Hey, that's a great movie. Uh, you've got cinematography by Russell Carpenter, who did Titanic, but also Pet Cemetery Two, Critters Two. I saw Liam turn his mic back on. You can go. Uh, some people would say the best Pet Cemetery movie. Some people um, would say, we would say that. <laughs> no, no, we would not. We we would say that, right? Uh-uh. Some people would, and that's us, right? No. <laughs> no. no. Are you sure? I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the character who had terrible opinions in that Christmas movie I watched this year. Christmas. Some people Christmas. would say that. She would say that, but Pet Cemetery. Number one is so much better. Oh, we can't get into this. It doesn't have Clancy Brown in it, though. Yeah, he he does. He don't he don't make it better at all. Corey, you gotta. <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta re-listen to some of these episodes. No, you don't this like one. This, this one I'm doing. This think. one I'm doing a bit. 
Oh, okay. This this is a, this is an acknowledged bit. I know what I'm doing here. Don't play with my heartstrings like that. I need someone to back me up on Pet Cemetery. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. Then he did a bunch of movies that we haven't watched, so this shouldn't rile anybody up. True Lies, uh, Charlie's Angels, the 2000s one, not the new one. Uh, Jobs, Monster in Law, and Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage. Is Jobs the one with uh, Ashton Kutcher, or is that Michael Fassbender? It is Ashton Kutcher. Uh, the Michael Fassbender one is called... Steve? I was going to make that joke, too, because I couldn't remember. I'm only half-joking. You could tell me that it's called that, and I, I believe you. Uh, the Apple guy? Michael... Hang on. Hang on. Michael Fassbender. Steve Jobs. It is called no 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 is no it called no way. Steve Jobs. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh my god! It's just called Steve Jobs, and Seth Rogen plays Steve Wozniak. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. What? And Man, oh, Kate Winslet's in that, and Jeff Daniels. <laughs> I wonder if we're allowed to do Steve Jobs on the podcast. Can uh, we do Steve Jobs versus <laughs> Jobs? Yeah, like at that point, we're getting into evil twin movies, which are a totally different thing. But it's I, also I, I Steve. Stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, and the Call Me by Your Name dad is in that movie. Shock it. Yeah, dude. It's got everything. I can't believe it's called Steve Jobs. That is like one of the funniest. That's awesome. Uh, okay, whatever. That's enough of that. Uh, the music. Simon Franklin, uh, the the Magnificent Seven movie that we just mentioned, he worked on Avatar and Titanic along with Spectre and a bunch of other big movies. He does a lot of like synthesizer and electronic music producing and supervising and arranging. Um, but he also did the one of his other composing credits is for One Direction. This is us, which I I just think is. Fun. Have I talked about that movie on this podcast yet, Liam? Did I tell you about this? I don't know if it was on the podcast, but you've told me that you you saw it in theaters. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. So what I what happened with that is just Mitch, if you if you're unfamiliar with this, um, I had a stepsister that wanted to see the One Direction movie, and nobody else wanted to go, and I was like, yeah, I'll go, whatever. So we go, and we're the only two people in the theater, at all. <laughs> so you know this was early in the run. I don't remember. I gotta assume it wasn't right. Like maybe it was a like a we're finally getting to it kind of thing, uh-huh. but uh, we were the only two people in there, and you know that we just sort of had a dance party One Direction vibe sesh up and down that fucking movie theater because no one was in there. It's I was, look on that any good was the movie any good? I mean, it's a very boilerplate, big popular band documentary that follows them like on the road and stuff and like talks to their families and whatever. Like, it's not going to change your life, but, like, we all know that One Direction's music is catchy and good for what it is, and if you're down to have some fun with that, I would encourage you to watch it in an empty movie theater. You'll probably have a pretty good time. <laughs> Let's rent out a theater. Someone donate to us. I've Again, I've done it for equally silly reasons. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, Mitch, I don't know if you need to go seek it out or anything. I'm not going to. I'm just wondering if it was good. I had fun. Yeah. It was a good time. Shout out to all the One Direction guys, assuming none of you got canceled. Did any of them get canceled? I don't think so. I think so. You think so? I think so. Which one? 
Didn't Zane get canceled? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, then maybe not a shout out to him. I don't well, know. Uh, We're not doing our due diligence at all, but you know, whatever. I didn't think One Direction was going to come up today. Um, no, I don't know if he has been canceled. Okay, I don't know. I have no I idea. I think fine. he just quit the band. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Of. They all quit the band. One Direction. No, no. Anymore. I feel like he but just Zane, had a rough Zane time with first, the band, though. Right. There was some drama within the band. I don't really think he was canceled for anything, though. Okay. Although I could be wrong. Someone well, fact check me. Yeah, somebody Google One Direction. Who's not us? And uh, your mileage may vary on giving shoutouts to One Direction. Um, we've already talked about some of the actors in this movie. They include Sam Worthington, who, as mentioned, was in Clash of the Titans. Uh, also, Terminator Salvation, Under the Banner of Heaven, Hacksaw Ridge and Macbeth. Zoe Saldana uh, is in one of the giant Marvel series we've been talking around. She's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Also, uh, Star Trek, which is another giant series of movies. Um, wow. That must make her like one of the highest grossing actors of all time, right? Uh, between Avatar, Marvel movies, and Star Trek, probably. I bet. I bet she's got to be number one. Like she, she's got to be the only person to have been in all those highest movies. grossing actresses of all time. So Kate Winslet's on the list, which is again not a surprise because oh yeah, that's that Avatar and Titanic. Who are the top ten? I wonder how up to. Hang on, this is from CelebrityAngels.co.uk. What year is this from? It's from 2021. That's good enough. Let's see if she's on this list really quick. Michelle Rodriguez is on this list, which I find interesting. Zoe Saldana is number two on this list to Kate Winslet. Or no, to Scarlett Johansson. That is not Kate Winslet. Sorry. Wow. Uh, but um, she is number two on this list. At the time of this list being written, $11.2 billion. Scarlett Johansson, understandably, in more of those Marvel movies. Uh, but yeah. Zoinks, dude. Holy shit. I wonder if she'll let me borrow 20 bucks. Uh, I think that she's probably pretty gregarious. There is a Wikipedia... Oh, wow. Scarlett Johansson, for a lead role, is the highest grossing actor ever. Wow. Ever. Her average per movie is $100 million better than Robert Downey Jr., who was second. And it is $440 million. Wow. Holy shit, dude. Is, is Scarlett Johansson the avatar of, of, uh, of actresses? Yeah. Like, no one would guess that, right? That's, that's a pretty good. The guess. list, if you include cameos, is fascinating because number one is Stan Lee because he's oh, in every yeah. single fucking Marvel movie. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, um, Frank Welker is number three, which is awesome. Um, but in, if you do lead roles, including voice acting, it is Marvel, 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 Tom Cruise, Marvel, Avatar, and Marvel. Tom Hanks and Vin Diesel, which is also Marvel. And Fast and Furious. So no shit Vin Diesel's on there. That's fascinating. Good for Tom Hanks. It is worth noting that Wikipedia has a warning here that says this section has multiple issues, which I did not see when I opened this. So these numbers may not be exactly accurate. But 
there's something. That's very interesting. That is worth diving into at a later date. Um, Sigourney Weaver is Kiri. Uh, I'm also not giving credits for Sigourney Weaver. It's fucking Sigourney Weaver. Uh, then we've got a bunch of the kids in this movie who largely don't have a lot of credits yet because they're children. Uh, we've got Britain. Oh, no. We've got Jamie Flatters as Nateum. Uh, Britton Dalton as Loak, who you will have heard if you played Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. That's a great game. Uh, he is young Nathan Drake. Okay. Um, Trinity Jolie Bliss plays Took. Uh, Jack Champion plays Spider, as established. Stephen Lang is Quaritch, who we talked about extremely recently. <laughs> um, Kate Winslet is Ronald. I did not remember that name at all. I'm not even going to act like I did. Uh, Cliff Curtis plays Tona Wari, who is uh, the the chief of the Kate Winslet tribe. Uh, he's in Doctor Sleep, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, bringing out the dead. So we've got some Marty action. And also, uh, <laughs> I had to mention this. There was no way I wasn't going to mention this. 10,000 BC. <laughs> <laughs> What a classic! What a what a classic! What a I think I saw that one in theaters too. I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what people accuse Avatar of being. (laughs) Genuinely, talking about a movie that like legitimately had like like no impact whatsoever. Like you want to talk about movies that came and went. That's a good example. Shout out to Camilla Bell one time for that. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, Joel David Moore as Norm who was in this movie for like three scenes um, he's uh, probably most famous for Dodgeball outside of being an avatar oh I love Dodgeball yeah you know who he is he's like the, the tall lanky guy oh yes I was yeah. I was trying to remember where I recognized him from you're, you're right he's the Dodgeball guy cool yeah uh, CCH Pounder is uh playing moat i'm gonna be honest i don't know who that is i'm sorry bro she was in the original orphan representing she's in robocop 3 dude hey split diopter shot that's where i looked up what that was it was because of a shot with cch pounder in it the stuff that i remember is so stupid when i when you consider the things that i don't remember (laughs) that's true who's whose pick is it today Corey? oh god (laughs) um oh fuck uh i think it's mine you got it okay thank fucking god (laughs) Edie falco uh as general ardmore did you guys see that Edie falco thought that this movie came out and flopped because she went so long without hearing about it yeah that makes me feel better for for not remembering um avatar being in theaters all that well yeah um that's extremely funny. Like she's in one of the highest grossing movies ever made. And because it took so long to finish it, she thought it just came out and did nothing, which is so funny. Oh, um, I, got, I have a hard time believing that's true. If it is, that's, that's so, wild. I don't have a hard time believing that's true. Cause like, if she just, it was a job, right? Like maybe she was just like, yeah, oh, can't win them all. I'd believe it. She's already in the Sopranos. She's, <laughs> she's big time. What, motherfucking ZD again? Uh, and then we've got a few... We've got Brendan Cowell as Scoresby, 
who I think is the guy that does whaling. <laughs> uh, you've got Jermaine Clement. Today was the day I learned that Jermaine is not spelled with an R. Um, as Doctor Gavin, I learned I learned that while watching the credits too. In fact, when I saw it in the credits, I thought it was a different dude. I thought, oh, this must be this must be not the guy I thought. This, this is a dude twin. who doesn't have it's, the R. It's, it's Jermaine and Jermaine. <laughs> yeah. The Clement bros. And then there's uh, Bailey Bass as Soraya, who's on the new Interview with a Vampire TV show. And then uh, Philip Gelgio as Ionung. Sorry. And Dwayne Evans Jr. as Rot- Rotso, I think. I'm going to level with you some of these names. I am not certain how to say them. I just don't. I just don't know. Um, Part but, of the reason no, why this is a hard film to to have cultural reference or cultural staying power. Because it's like, yeah, but who's that feels the dude, you know, the, the blue guy. That feels who's like the blue guy. That feels like racism's fault, though, more than anything. Because it's like. <laughs> This is just aping indigenous naming conventions and people don't have the willingness to retain what those are. But I can tell you who Daenerys Targaryen is and that's yeah. my fault. Like, <laughs> Who's Daenerys Targaryen? Uh, the Amelia Clark character from Game of Thrones. Did you just mm. say that I'm racist towards the Navi? No, because I was the one who got the names wrong. <laughs> I, I, th- I think Mitch's point is a good one, though. I think it is... Um... I think both points are good, but Mitch's is probably a little bit more correct than mine. I don't think anybody who's not remembering these names is intentionally being racist. I think when you make a I movie... I hate those that... Navi. I won't remember the names. No, but what I'm saying is when you make a movie that leans on, like this hodgepodge of actual existing indigenous cultures this hard and then i say oh bah geez these names are hard to say and they're just riffing on existing conventions like i don't know maybe we're saying the quiet part loud a little bit you know what i mean yeah but it is also that's a perfectly valid point for sure it is also harder to say than (laughs) spider-man for me (laughs) so thankfully spider boy was in this movie Spider. I I lo- dude uh, i fucking love that that kid's name is spider that's crazy <laughs> like, that, that kid's name is spider like, he's gonna cross over into the mcu oh i would God, have he's- named him collaborationist <laughs> well no he is uh emotionally, emotionally torn son of a deadbeat dad it's different stockholm syndrome stockholm syndrome do they have stockholm on pandora <laughs> What do they call it on Pandora? Do you guys remember that Pandora was a moon and not a planet? Do you guys remember that? No, there will only be one Pandora no, for me, and it's Borderlands. Yeah, there's only one Pandora for me, and it's the jewelry store. And the box. There's only one Pandora for me, and it's Pandora Bread. <laughs> Bro, what's your order from Pandora Bread? Oh, yeah, I get the... Uh, the Tolkoon meat sandwich. I don't know. This is the space whales. Um, so Avatar 2 is set apparently 12 years after the original Avatar. Um, Jake Sully lives uh, among the Na'vi in his Avatar body. Uh, and he's got a whole family and he's the chief of the clan and um 
you know, life is good. We're vibing. Let's say that we're vibing. And then, uh-oh, um, the humans are back and they want to be A real new big. Scar star in the sky. Sky people. Yeah, the sky Navi. People. Well, no. The Navi are already there. <laughs> No, no, but like the the sky people are coming because there's a new star in the sky. But why'd you say the Navi? Well, that was more of just like me shouting it, as in like, what will they do? Ah, I understand. You're not in the movie. You're, you're speaking as a viewer. Well, I suppose somebody in the movie might sh- shout the Navi at that time, being like, "What are we gonna do?" I don't. Well, it's neither here nor there. Um. So they're here to do two things. They're here to colonize the the moon of Pandora. And they are here to uh, go whaling. They're at that sweet, sweet whale piss. That's what they <laughs> it, want. They, it's worth the, 80 million. 80 million what? I don't know. But, well, you know. Well, dollars, because that's from Earth. Writing. It's dollars. Come on. It's worth know, 80 million. But currency Earth. is completely irrelevant in this. Dude, futuristic, you're, you're, but it's worth eighty million, which is a lot for whales' piss and eternal youth. Such a needless piece of shit about that line. They're shipping it to Earth. Earth has money. Eighty million. Oh, you fucking piece of shit. Um, that seems like a low price for eternal youth. Honestly, eighty million in today's economy. Well, they didn't Mark. say how much of it you need for it to work. Eighty million. I hate you. This is horrible. Um. So, <laughs> so, um, things are good until the humans return, and one of the humans that return is no longer a human at all, but it's Miles Quaritch inside of a Navi body, and he's here to get revenge. Um, why exactly he is so hell-bent on getting revenge is basically just because the human version of him said in a voicemail that he hates Jake Sully. Um, that's basically the only reason. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, it's just funny. <laughs> well, like that, that's what's in the movie, but like, you've got to remember, you know, the, the dynamic they had in the first one, you know, it's building off that he's, he's pissed at him because, uh, Jake Sully betrayed him and, and, uh, stuck with the Navi and tried to destroy his program and shit. Yeah. Well, like. But I just think it's funny that it's like, hey, we put all your memories in an avatar, and then you get left a voicemail where that guy can then go, oh, and also here's all the revenge you want to go get. And it's a pretty like, shoddy voicemail, too. He gets interrupted halfway through because he's not sure how something works. Yeah, by the unobtainium guy. The unobtainium guy interrupts him. Um, yeah. But anyway, so Miles Quaritch and his gang of military avatars um, are here to collaborate with the humans to take to prepare pandora for colonization to go whaling and to specifically hunt down and kill jake sully um kill him and then we will get 80 million stop stop um and so jake sully is like ah they're gonna come ruin all of our shit here they're gonna ruin everybody's life they're gonna ruin our tribe we're going to leave so we don't bring the hell force of humanity upon you as they hunt and try to kill me. So they flee to a separate tribe. Um, the name of which I did not catch because I did not write it down. Uh, so we're going to just conveniently do what the movie does and say they need to learn the way of water because they live in a forest 
and they are going somewhere where they live on like a reef on the coast in an archipelago and do like fishing and swimming and have like sea mounts and like you know there's a distinct cultural difference with which our the Sully family is going to have to overcome and uh we see the trials and tribulations of the adjustment into this new sort of cultural setting the lament of being a teenager uh befriending a whale all the all the big stuff that most people do when they're like hitting their teen years and then eventually the cruel brutal militarized hand of miles quaritch seeks out uh all the islands in this archipelago and just burns them down and is generally a bad guy in the in the in the extreme hope of finding jake sully and they eventually do and there's a grand confrontation uh in which uh there's lots of explosions and near drowning and hand-to-hand combat and zip ties I wish there was more clean coal on Pandora. I feel like yeah. that would incentivize the, the colonization of it more. Alternatively, if there were more clean coal on Earth, they wouldn't need to colonize Pandora. True, true. So I think we should be funding major clean coal initiatives. Mm-hmm. Or, right. you know, uh, they could just use more of it on Pandora and uh, right. hopefully not affect their ozone layer too badly because well, it's clean. It's clean some of that clean coal delicious De- delectable you taste that don't worry it's not fumes this coal is clean who needs whales piss when you can have clean coal for the record because somebody somebody is going to be mad that you're calling it uh whale piss uh it's called amrita which is the Sanskrit word for immortality, according to Wikipedia. So that's interesting. It's um, also the Navi word for whale piss. <laughs> so true. I prefer whale piss. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Thanks. Well, okay. I do know that at least one person listening has dedicated their Discord account to being a stan account for the whale. So th- this goes out to him. Uh, sorry about all the whales piss. Well, I get it. I get why you would do that because you know his piss is worth eighty million. Eighty. Why are you so mad about this? No, like we need to talk about this now. Why does this line bother you? <laughs> I just think it's a silly line in a film of many silly lines. Okay, f- sure. It's that's, l- that's like that's eighty million is like enough to buy. 16 dinosaurs in in jurassic world money is that how inexpensive the dinosaurs are yeah it's awesome wait the dinosaurs become so common you only need like you could spend like more money on a lamborghini than a dinosaur they don't they don't become so common no there's uh there is definitely a finite amount of dinosaurs there they are uh very but they're just special. still cheap. But yeah, in the second movie, there's this there's this great scene where the the <laughs> the rich people are auctioning off the dinosaurs to other rich people, and I At forget an the exact yeah. What? <laughs> um, I forget the exact number, but I think it's like you know they sell a dinosaur for like ten million dollars. Like the T Rex is like three bronchosauri for eighty million. Well, wait though, but it's sort of like eBay, right? Where it's like if other people don't bid. You know, 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe it maybe it wasn't an auction exactly, but it was it, whatever it was 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 very meme. All I'm saying, if it was an, you can just get a deal at auction. Maybe it was an estate sale. Maybe the guy who owned all the dinosaurs died, so they were just trying to offload him, right? Like they just don't want to hold on to it anymore. So they're like, what a dinosaur? I don't know, ten million. It's a dinosaur, Michael. How much could it cost? Eighty million. Eighty million. <laughs> It's a whale's piss, Michael. How much could it cost? <laughs> yeah, listen, listen to this, dude. Jurassic World 2 is filled with crazy circumstances. This is from HuffPost.com. Before the action, uh, baddie character Eli Mills estimates that the dinosaurs could go for $4 million per species. Then he's immediately what? delighted when they start getting around $10 million in bids. He thought... he. He thought that it would be a good day at the office if they sold a living dinosaur for $4 million? Dude. What e- the fuck? Even a genetically modified Indoraptor uh, that seems like it's souped up pimp my ride style with impressively ripped forearms, the ability to attack with laser-guided precision, and probably even free Wi-Fi reaches only around $28 million. On That's G- a bargain. The mill is G- ecstatic. They've got GMO dinosaurs? Dude, it's it's also, so shout insane. Out, shout out to the person writing this article for like relentlessly mocking this auctioneer for being like, oh, and he is ecstatic. It was it was mocked so much after it came out. It just <laughs> I think it shows just like how out of touch the uh, the rich people who made the movie are because they're they're like, oh yeah, the audience is gonna hear like four million dollars. They're gonna be like, that is that's more money than any man could ever make. Kickstarters get four million dollars for stuff that doesn't even come out, and you're gonna give me a fucking dinosaur? <laughs> are you out of your goddamn mind? Bro? We've got to do that movie on the podcast. We sometime. have to do that movie. <laughs> I want to see that scene so badly. <laughs> um, guys, it's time. Yeah. It took us 75 minutes of, I think, genuinely stimulating conversation. But uh, it's time to get into the real shit. This know? discussion, you can sync it up to Avatar 2. It's, uh, <laughs> this is, we're past the opening scene of Avatar 2 now. Yeah, like we're maybe just arriving on the in the water area. That's what I was gonna say. If you're watching this as a commentary to Avatar Two, we probably roughly just got to the the reef area and are intercutting with like Miles Quaritch learning that he has a son. Um, so hopefully we're about right. God, somebody please try this, please. I would love to know how right we end up being. <laughs> Yeah, um, you don't you don't even have to wait for the movie to come out physically. Just, no, just smuggle in, in your earbud. iPod earbuds. You're good. You don't even gotta smuggle it. People bring their phones into movies, just toss an earbud in and let her rip, big boy. I don't know. Figure it out. Um, I don't know why I said that like that. I kinda wish I hadn't, but you know. It's there. Can't get edited out. That's not we we've never edited anything out of any of these, so No. It's just there forever. Um, who wants to go first? Does anybody uh, want to go first? Not especially. Mitch, I feel like Mitch has been has been teasing us along here. I'm eager to hear what he's getting at. Yeah, I do think Mitch has been sort of playing a hand here. I heard I heard that little laughy laugh inhale you just did as well. I think you've been uh 
up to something. In the immortal words of Drake, I think you've been like jump man, jump man, jump man. That boy's up to something. Woo. Yeah. So I think I think you do have to go first, actually. All right. I'll go first. Um, I didn't like this movie at all. James like, Cameron uh, BTFO. James like, Cameron at, at found all. dead. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just not my kind of movie. I don't really go into this kind of effects forward movie. And considering the gargantuan, corpulent, self-indulgent length of and size of this movie, um, it it doesn't deserve to be this long. Like I, it it exists, I think, solely for spectacle. And this is the kind of movie well, yeah. that, that, that like that that like in its visual form it just exists to sell like flat screen TVs in a Best Buy. Um because this movie is going to be playing for the next 5 years on to sell TVs. Like it's it, it looks great, but I feel like everything else that needs to work in a movie for me to make me enjoy it isn't really working. Uh I find the characterizations weak and they again eyebrow raising like why why does our main antagonist care this this much or why and and, uh, you know, I, it just feels very um, crisis after crisis until the end. There are some exceptional scenes that I do think work really well. Um, I think the scene where uh, one of the main characters is evading um, some sea creature in like these uh, in this tangled coral is, is especially interesting. And I found it to be pretty captivating with the is 3D. Is that the first whale thing? I'm just trying to keep track of the couple one. scenes. The like first that. one. The, yeah, first it's the one where we, meet, where we meet the, the whale guy who comes to the rescue. I think that's well done. And I like that relationship and the whaling scene, I think, is, is well done. Um, but by and large, this is a movie that is just stupidly long and I find to just be extremely dull. I find I find all the characters dull. I find the dialogue cringe i think it doesn't like just very cringe like like bro cuz like who the fuck talks like that um it's it, a different culture bitch they live on pandora okay that can't be your your like cop out for everything it's just <laughs> shitty writing Corey. it's a poorly written film like, and you know, i find say bro this much i find the themes just sort of like a, astonishingly um kind of shallow like i don't it's very uh, one note. It's just kind of like if you've seen Fern Gully, you know what to expect. Uh, and Fern Gully is better, and it's going to do it in better and more time, more efficiently. Um, this is really just a film that you're meant to go and like and like take in and experience visually. And I admit that like during time, there were times where I was enjoying it, but the the sheer length of this movie and the fact that nothing else is really going on is enough to completely kill this for me. And it's a movie that I uh, hope to never see again. Uh, I think you'd probably have to tie me down to make me see it again. I would just let out a wide sigh of relief when this film was done and people were clapping in the theaters and I was I almost just like shot them a dirty look and I was like, people wow. People clapped? People were clapping. People like a few a few people were and I was there with my friend Brandon and, and we both looked at each other and were like, don't fucking do that. Like, like don't clap because like I think both he and I uh, really hated this movie. Um, you ever clap in a You got a boo. Like I was ready to boo. I think, I think that this is just like not the not the film for me. It doesn't inspire much of anything in me. It's not to, to me. It's really not like what I want when I go to see a movie. Um, it's it's rizzless. <laughs> it's got no riz. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I thought Sigourney Weaver's uh, child Stop. character had a nice pair of rizzes. Stop. Yeah, it's just like. It's it's agonizing from from point one from point A to point B, and it just 
stumbles over itself as it gets there. Um, I think that there's like some some interesting like visual ideas and some interesting instances of like visual storytelling. But for example, like the the recurring sort of bow and arrows that that um, one of the central characters uses. Uh, I think it's Natiri. Natiri, yeah. Um, and like that's that's kind of like a good bit of like visual storytelling that's like not referenced a bit of subtlety, but otherwise everything's like being hit over the head with a cast iron pan. It's uh, it's not for me. I uh, I really don't like this movie, and I'm sorry because I know that people who are listening to it are stands. But it, well, um, at least one is. I don't know about everybody else. Stan, but, and also, for for what it's worth, it is Ryan. So you yeah, will hear a, you it's will true. hear about this next time he's on. I'm sure of it. I'm sure I will. But yeah, for me, <laughs> this this film was a really uh, just an agonizing experience. And uh, yeah, I, I'll just like I can kind of keep going, but it's just going to be like big, broad. I hate this movie kind of strokes. So maybe I'll let somebody else take it over and I can snipe from the from the wings. Hopefully, hopefully I have an ally in my hatred. Otherwise, I'm ready to kind of, you know, fight to the death on this one. I'll die on this hill. The Avatar 2 sucks. Liam, does he have an ally in this or no? Mitch, my uh, my shepherd's pie crust, bro. Um, I think we align. Uh, Fuck yeah! Not 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 entirely. We align in a crusty sense. So, um, if anyone doesn't know, uh, a few episodes ago, um, Mitch and I agreed that Shepherd's Pie is does not have a crust. Um, and and Corey Corey thought that it thinks that it does have a crust. Um, it can. I didn't it say can that have it a crust. Does. We don't. We don't need to. Wow. We don't need to. Well, I disagree, but uh. We won't we won't hash that out again. My point is, I was on Mitch's side, and since that conversation, Mitch, I've got to tell you, me and my partner have been making shepherd's pies, uh, you know, homemade, and we've been making a crust for them a lot of the time. Judas on the bottom. Judas, you said this. Are Uh, you kidding me? Twist the knife, why don't you? No, no, no. This this isn't what you guys think it is because I don't think that that is a shepherd's pie. What we're making, it's a okay, it's a modified. Okay. It's like a shepherd's pot pie, and so what I'm fucking whatever. Okay, <laughs> because I'm not. My point has never been that a crust on a shepherd's pie would be would be disgusting or that it's improper. I'm not like a, a pineapple on pizza uh, hating kind of person. Um, my point was just that a shepherd's pie does not have a crust. And so so my point is here that, that I'm putting a crust on this shepherd's pie now and I'm liking the taste so I can I can uh respect the uh the kind of the fluidity of a of a shepherd's pie right now and, and I'm kinda I'm willing to entertain this crust idea even though my heart is telling me that that you know a shepherd's pie isn't actually that. And and uh with Avatar two here um i'm i'm didn't you i'm not (laughs) i'm just i'm just i agree with you that um that this movie does not uh i've I've totally lost this analogy but this movie does does not have does not uh need a crust perhaps or that uh i'm I'm abandoning this um (laughs) no i I, please keep trying (laughs) i think it has uh, too much crust and it needs to be cut away okay fair enough fair enough Uh, and my my opinion is that this movie did have too much crust. I was okay with the crust um, as I was watching it, but ideally, I wouldn't want it to have that much crust. And so, 
Um, I agree with basically all your criticisms of the movie, Mitch. I think that the characterization is really flat, uh, surprisingly corny. Um, I think that the movie both feels... I actually didn't think it felt too much of his, its length. At the same time, I um, it upsets me that they didn't do to me as as much with the length as i wish they did like i i feel like that there should have been a lot more world exploring and character exploring more importantly in this movie um and i don't think that's in there um Mm. now the spectacle of it all the way it looked i saw this movie um in imax uh with a stable frame rate it wasn't the kind that has a varying frame rate um and I thought I thought the movie looked looked beautiful, um, and I really liked being there. And I think it has some killer action set pieces. Uh, I think all the water stuff is is, is really just incredible. Um, and so for me, that that justified watching it. And so I'm not as hard on the movie as you in in terms of reflecting on my experience, but. Um, I was disappointed by this movie. I was excited about it because it's been in the works for so long, because from what I've read about James Cameron and his interviews and stuff, I like the guy. I, I like what he said about um, what uh, a lot of uh, big blockbusters are doing now and how he's looking to do something different. And, and so I, w- I was really rooting for this movie, even though uh, that first Avatar, my memory of it, as well is that the uh, I'm not crazy about the script. I thought it was a pretty typical story even back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I liked the visuals, and uh, I wanted I wanted more from that. And I thought maybe I could get more from that, especially because I'm an, an adult now, and I could I could really try to give myself into these characters. And um, I I I did struggle with that. And so I think that uh, this movie is a visual spectacle. I liked watching it. Um, I would watch it again in theaters. I'm particularly interested to see the the varying frame rate thing, just because I've I've heard now such different opinions about it. People who hate it and people who love it. Um, and I just kind of want to see what that's like, and I guess see the way James Cameron intended it. So there's a small see the chance way of the water. Yeah. So there's a small chance I might go back and see it specifically for that, and specifically because um. Uh, it's probably going to be a while before this movie is in theaters again. Um, mm. But, you know, we're going to get another one in a couple of years. So if I live that long, I guess I uh, I don't need to rush out. And full disclosure, I'll cap it off with this. I get really cozy in movie theaters. Uh, this was a this was a long movie, though. I actually don't think the length had anything to do with it. I drifted off a few times. I had I had a, a little bit of naps. Um, so I, I missed some stuff. Definitely. Um, and so I, I think I owe it to the movie at least to see it again or or to, you know, anyone listening. You can you can totally take my thoughts on the movie story with a, with a grain of salt because because I did I did miss some of it. But my overwhelming feeling um, is that I'm disappointed by the story. And, and I could say for certain that after uh, after the uh, after they got to the water, you know, about an hour in from there, I was awake and I and I was paying mm. attention and I I got my sleep out. I was well rested, and the movie still didn't didn't turn around for me. I didn't feel the emotions that I wanted to feel. Um, I thought that the uh, 
the familial theme that the movie has is um it just didn't connect with me i mean i don't have kids maybe that would help but but i did feel it was weak i thought it was stuff that i've seen before i thought it was really really cheesy um and i guess i just wanted more uh from a movie that has taken this long you know i totally see where the money is gone and i see where the time is gone because cg takes so long to work with and i think all of that is on screen but i think the movie actually rests on its laurels a bit um in terms of just letting letting the visuals take it away and so uh my my takeaway from this movie is that that I am glad I saw it. I'm glad. I'm glad I tried that crust, and I'm not opposed to trying it with crust in the future. But um, I, I still stand by the fact that it is not. Uh, if a shepherd's pie without crust is is like a perfect, uh, uh, objectively great movie, I don't think this movie is that. And it also didn't fulfill me personally uh, the way I wanted it to. Corey, yeah. Um, I had a thing I wanted to say in response to Liam before I started, and I can't remember what it was. I feel like I've forgotten what it was. So if that comes back to me, I will I will interject with it. I'll say my whole spiel again. And you can chime. Yeah, in. see if it see if it works. So Mitch, my crust, bro. Okay. Um. So I think that we've all come down a little differently on this movie i am not here to be exactly on mitch's side i'm not here to be exactly on liam's side um i think i'm probably the most positive take here but that doesn't mean i'm not going to agree with a lot of the already stated concerns or issues y'all had um one thing i would like to say is that I don't think this movie feels its length, which is a testament to something. Um, some element or elements of the movie work well enough that it does not feel like you are there for uh, three hours and 10 minutes, which is good. If it felt like three hours and 10 minutes, I'd rather be dead. It did to me. Well, we can talk about that. I think that while I agree that the story in particular, let's hone in on that first. It is simple as simple gets. It is very straightforward. It's rudimentary. It's elementary even. Like it's very bland what it is. You know, we it's not the same. It's pretty much the same. It's not the same. Space colonizers. The same as, as the first movie, you mean? I'd say it's very similar. It's not the same, though. I think I, I, maybe, I think maybe not beat for beat, but I think it, it pretty much crosses the same boxes, right? Like it, it's it's it, it explores the same themes, and I don't think it goes to anywhere further or anywhere more unique. It, it checks the same boxes. It's the same story, essentially. I don't think so. I just don't think that's true. Okay. Because there's like piles of and like look maybe we're gonna get into a semantic argument here but it's like there's whole other characters going on entire character arcs that just didn't exist what do they do what do these characters do or how do they how do they grow no like and and no great that's that's patently false okay 
you can't say that there isn't a character in this movie that experiences growth. No, I mean they do, of course, but but I mean it's uh, these characters are are so they're shells. They're like a it's like a, a husk of a potato that you've pulled all the meat out of and they just they grow, sure, but they it, it's a completely uh I think just sort of like tried and, and trite way of, of, of writing your characters they don't really do that much their interactions with each other don't really mean that much and the, the these themes of family and, and sort of like pr- protecting your uh, what you've got it's the exact same themes as before i mean i think it is worth considering and i don't want to boil this down entirely to a narrative decision that was made for logistical reasons because i don't think that's true but um this is a movie that has to play well everywhere. True. <laughs> How complicated was it going to be? No, I, I, like, I noticed I ge- that. I'm yeah. genuinely asking, like, if you're going into this movie and the baseline is, I am going to be visually wowed, and also this needs to make $3 billion, what were you expecting? Well, and I, I, I don't want to give the movie a free pass, and I'm not going to, but that's a genuine question. Like, what movie that has to meet those same criteria is doing an extremely nuanced and complicated story. They're doing it with more charm, certainly. Uh, and they're, they're doing it, I think with, with, um, is the you know, visual I appeal think you'll not the placeholder for like outright, like wit and charm. Is that not the purpose of the experience that you're having? I don't know. I mean, charm in, in terms of like your characters, like I, I like, but not necessarily in, in, in like the, the charm or like the, the spells that the movie puts you under visually. I think there's occasional charm, not frequent charm, but there's occasional. I think it's pretty dry. I think it's like Xbox 360 game dialogue from like a budget studio. Um, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. We're gonna, I think we're about to butt heads a lot. Um, <laughs> Keep going though. I don't want to. Sorry, I kind of derailed your your. No, it's okay. Um, so, but what I want to say is, I think I agree the most of everything set up to this point with the critiques about the writing and the narrative and the presentation of what that actually is, right? Because I saw it was either a tweet or a letterboxd review that described the movie as insultingly stupid. Um, I don't know if I would say insultingly stupid, but I get what the frustration is. This is really, really heavily relying on a very straightforward and like simply processable story, and it is leaving nothing to the imagination, which for a viewer that feels like they want to, if not be challenged, be given something to chew on is going to be frustrating. This is a very straight ahead, very A to B, like we like a stranger in a strange land twice over kind of thing mixed with the familial themes and the revenge story right like that's essentially what we're working with and i think that that critique is fine and makes sense and is generally like not just fine but like probably correct you know what i mean like that is i think the most sensible take on that but Within that general broad strokes thing, interesting things do happen. And I think that there are moments throughout where I kind of found myself a little bit surprised at 
the degree to which it was working because it was fighting against this awareness that I was having the whole time that it felt kind of dumb or very like plain. What um, instances did you feel kind of won over? I'm getting there, buddy boy. Uh, <laughs> um, I think something that I've seen a lot of praise for, and this actually wasn't necessarily one for me, but I want to highlight it because it's been getting a lot of praise is Loak and the whale. People yeah, I think, are I think that's going deserved. fucking crazy for that. The whale's and, great. And I get it. I think it's a very inspired choice to make the whale like I know it's not a whale. I think the word is talcoon. We're gonna be saying whale. I'm sorry, just get over it. But um I think it was a very inspired choice to make the whale a central character to an arc and have like a narrative backstory and like a thematic resonance and also like a push in the climax. And it's like very charming to be dealing with like a large gentle animal. And um, I think all of that's really interesting. Um, James Cameron is really in his bag in this movie as well. Like in secondary themes or like reoccurring motifs in his movies. A lot of them are on display here. One that I find interesting is the there was something i'm not convinced that sigourney weaver's performance here works a hundred percent i i think that's true yeah it's a little odd to have like i don't know she's what like 70 something play like a 14 year old who was written very straightforwardly it's kind of odd um sometimes i felt like you could hear it but the character it has this really interesting thing, like this spirituality focused journey going on that nobody else has really tapped into. And the moments where she's just kind of directly engaging with that or attempting to articulate it to somebody else has this kind of quality to it that the rest of it's so boilerplate that there's this sort of like spirituality element to it in this sort of like I I I commend the movie for having like a completely new universe that feels so thoroughly thought through and conceived of by James Cameron and then lean into a je ne sais quoi element into how this person is engaging with the world around them and like what their connection to it is. And I thought that the sequences were either she just sort of like exists in the world and moves through it in a way that other people are unable or tries articulating that to others have a very compelling angle to them because i feel like it dovetails well with loak's characters like outcast feeling within the family and then having like a more extended one that's got a broader scope like i think those things do well in tandem i think those are probably the two most immediately compelling um like kid focused narratives and there are moments in that i would say not when the sigourney weaver character is like telling the dad about like how it feels but you know trying to interpret it for herself and she has that like she she has like a weird flashback with live action sigourney weaver that was interesting and um like the controlling of like natural space and that sort of like intangible element i thought was good at the same time though it does also smack of like indigenous stereotyping (laughs) yep so 
it's this real it's this it's this difficult push and pull of that's an interesting idea i wish it wasn't coded in this like self-serving sci-fi indigeneity because i feel like in an attempt to not directly appropriate from anything per the writers or at least an attempt to like uh give space for like all indigenous cultures to be represented in a broader sense by this one um geez they still have not figured out how to do that in a way that doesn't feel like really stupid yeah um the way the simplicity of the narrative through whatever thought process they have be it necessity or what i don't know why they chose to do this but it does the the framing the cultural framing of the characters a disservice because it makes the movie look like it thinks that indigenous peoples are this like simple template based naturally in touch like wise people magicians which is gross and stupid he also made some james cameron made some pretty gross remarks too before this movie around the release as well and i want to make sure that we're foregrounding that because it's gonna be front and center for the next like six years as these movies are coming out and as of now this movie has not figured out how to engage with what it's appropriating in a way that feels particularly thoughtful in a vacuum i'm willing to say some of that works though um in its own like spirituality sense and like a interest of a scene by scene thing as part of a cohesive thing where it's just like oh we've got like space natives and but it's not it's like but on earth it's cool and we like it it's like it 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 feels icky still Mm -hmm. and there is this sort of infantilizing sense of like well these are the forest people and they're gonna go talk to the water people and then avatar 3 is gonna have the fire people and they're all just completely different things, but they're also in touch with nature. It still feels gross. I don't think they have figured that out. I don't think they've engaged with that in a thoughtful enough way. They likely have not engaged with indigenous people in a super thoughtful way, or at least not enough, or at the very least in a way that's not coming through on screen. Um, that's a critique that is absolutely front and center, and it's a it's a problem, and it needs to probably... Not probably. It needs to be addressed much more thoroughly as they're going to continue to keep doing this. I rolled my eyes extremely hard when James Cameron was like, yeah, the third Avatar is going to have like fire Navi and they're evil. And I'm like, this is fucking stupid. And also, if you make black Navi and then they're evil, you're a racist. You got to figure this out. My guy. Like, um, so all of those things are frustrating, but it's an interesting interplay because those things are frustrating, but like in a vacuum scenes of that are interesting with what they're trying to do in this space. So it's like, ah, Um, but like, I think that stuff was great. I think the, the stuff with the whale is good. Um, And uh, there are moments where like the interpersonal stuff, but amongst the family works for me, I think largely between the kids. I don't think the parents involvement really does that much in terms of like emotional weight but like there is an element of seeing like very basic like family dynamics play out like a brother defending another brother or like the arguments and the talking and even the corny dialogue i don't think the bro thing is that big of a deal i like the bro thing i hate it because is so funny i want to know who on pandora from earth 
taught everybody cuz i think it's awesome i think that's very funny um i i was not distracted by the saying of bro at all because i don't know it's a hodgepodge language who cares but um i do i'm just trying to get back on track but i do think that those moments of like very straightforward sentimentality among like the siblings in the family are effective because those are things that are proven to work. You know what I mean? I think they're cheap. It is, but like that doesn't like, you know, not exactly hard, hard one. I think, I think like the the feelings of of emotion still food. (laughs) Sure. Okay. It's cheap, but like, I'm just saying that doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah, you, I mean, you can you can wish that you were eating something else, but if you're getting what's on the plate, it's what's on the plate. You know, I think if you're going to use cliche and you're going to use that kind of thing, it may as well be executed on well. That's the least you can do. And I, I don't, think I don't think that it is executed well, but I but think at times it is. I can't. I. I don't know. Doesn't really work for me. I can look. I'm not trying to win you over because I can tell that I'm not. It's all right. Um, like I get it. You know. Like yeah. Um, I'm also conceding that a lot of it doesn't. No, uh, I but agree. I, I agree. I did find myself a little surprised at some of the more straight ahead moments. Me kind of thinking, yeah, that works. I'm for them doing that. Um, I wish it were less insipid because again it does struggle to not just sometimes feel like outright stupid um or like very one-dimensional kate winslet's character oh my god like just just like the i think that's the worst example of some of the more panicked because it's like oh she's like the warrior mom but also she's pregnant isn't that cool and also she's a healer with like nature stuff like indigenous people have get it and i'm just like uh man i don't know about that um so like a lot of it doesn't work but some of it does that was a long ramble about that so the other thing that i want to say is this movie looks fucking incredible (laughs) oh my god like if you're going to see this movie, like don't even bother seeing it at home. If you think you want to see it, go to a theater now. Like just go. Throughout the whole movie, like you'd get used to how it looks because like I don't know, they figured it out. They literally had to invent new technology just to make this movie and turns out it's pretty seamless. But um there would just be a shot all of the sudden and it happened all the time. Like, I I don't even know how many I can pinpoint where I was just like, holy shit, dude. Mm. Like it looks incredible. Like it's just wild, man. I'm, I'm actually less enthusiastic about the way this movie looks than I thought I would be. Um, Let me, let me go open with a question. Do you guys think that, that this movie is like visually as as groundbreaking as the first one? Yes. You think so? Yes. I don't think that it looks uh, really markedly much better than like other blockbusters out in the market. I think it looks really good. You have good never places. seen water that looks like that that yeah, was made by the a The water is stunning, ever. right? And I think a lot of those scenes do have like uh, a great sort of um, mystique about them. I mean, it's worth noting James Cameron is, is an oceanographer. 
and an ocean explorer and he holds like and a visual artist before he was a director so yeah and like a you know he holds a world record for like the i think the deepest dive of like ten thousand meters yeah almost 11 uh, 11, meters but um so like he's got a great love for for this kind of a setting and i think that it it looks great with a lot of stuff but i also some of the visuals seem kind of like weird and choppy and 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 they don't work for me like and this is more nitpicking because i think broadly i would say yes this is a nice looking movie but i think um there are there are an example that i think that are worth criticizing um i think like some of the some of like the the um stuff that comes up in the fight sequences especially when the boats kind of go up on the rocks it looks a bit shoddy like again that's just like one instance also i think there's an uncanny valley kind of thing that happens when humans and avatar are in the same screen and like the sense of scale seems kind of wonky and off and and like the avatar are like nine feet tall they are nine feet tall but i think i think there's something about it that just uh seems unnatural with how they move versus how people move and it seems that they don't like i for for one minute i wasn't convinced that they were actually like occupying a like the same space if that makes any sense like i mean i know it's all done and yeah i mean i get what you mean but i i just i would agree that like the weakest possible moments i think like the weakest visual moment i can think of is there's a shot of like Edie Falco and the Miles Corich avatar, like on a bridge sure. somewhere, and it looks a little uh, a little whack. Yeah, there's, there's like a few things here and there that are wonky. That's relative to the rest of the movie looking like nigh perfect. Like, and I also think that the real achievement is not the interfacing with a live action person. Mm-hmm. It's how seamless yet photorealistic the entirety of the digitally created space is yeah i I feel like now as as time has progressed more often i feel like that like video games are getting better too there's not a video game that looks like this though there just isn't well i feel like horizon forbidden west uh, the aesthetic of this reminds me a lot like that it's not quite this good Corey. i'm not arguing that right but like but i'm all i'm saying is that the impact and the visuals of this movie don't necessarily feel as groundbreaking because like more things have happened um you know since then 2009 this avatar was like incredible and i think now just blockbusters have progressed and so many other forms of technology have have progressed that this one while impressive uh didn't like blow my fucking mind like i wanted it to i think I like, was, there, there are sequences that, that stunned me but i'm i'm also not really that partial to 3d either so this um, is the best looking 3d movie they've made what since avatar because 3d yeah. mostly 3d usually sucks yeah um this hey, at least felt like 3d, either, 3D but... with purpose like um but like here's an argument i would make before the movie were you there for the trailers uh yeah did you see the trailers that play? Because they probably all got the same trailers for like Ant Man and shit. Uh, I kind of tuned it out. No, I, I don't think I did. You didn't look at the screen. Not during the trailers, no. Okay, not really. fascinating. Not, well, not enough to really realize what was playing. I was kind of well, like too busy eating the food that I smuggled into the theater. Okay, well, also, the I'm lights make this... were still on and people were pouring in. I don't know. I was just shooting the shit. Wasn't paying the attention. Lights were on during the trailers. Yeah, yeah, they were doing that. It was so weird. It's like the only time I've ever really seen that be a thing. Um, well, anyway, what my point was and is, is that 
and also it's worth noting that those trailers now all say see the movie in 3d because they knew that avatar was going to make 3d a fucking thing again god damn it i don't want to wear those stupid glasses but um if you look at contemporary movies of comparable budgets that are cg heavy that are coming out now or afterwards it is not even close it's not even close i don't think like Hmm. avatar is doing some wild shit to my eye it doesn't really like it seems innovative for sure uh and it's definitely like very strong some of the best i think on the on the market but like it didn't it didn't like knock my socks off yeah i think if you looked at it back to back you might feel slightly differently maybe not extremely because i get that it's also just not your bag whatever it's not like i don't really like overproduced uh films like this is it not i'm much more produced if the goal was to make it this way that's the goal the goal is to make it over is to overproduce the thing but is that overproducing it if that's the intent can you call it that uh and i'm not being like needlessly pedantic i'm just like genuinely wondering that's like an interesting thought experiment i think you can i think you can call it overproduced yeah um like again i i Sure, like the the goal is for it is to look this way, but for me, it looking this way is is overproduced. You know what I mean? Right. Um. Yeah, like I'm still thinking about, and it's a shot that was in the trailer, but then seeing it in the theater was even better. There's a shot during that like final climax where I think Jake Sully, but some some avatar of some description, puts their head out of the water, and it's at night, and they're in the water, and it's lit by fire. It's doing an apocalypse now. Oh my god, dude. It looks fucking nuts. Like it looks so good. Like and throughout the movie, like I was just having moments where I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. This looks incredible. <laughs> like I really do think like in in terms of pure technical achievement, like I really do think it is there. Um, I think there is something to be said for, regardless of how you feel about it, the impact feeling muted because in a post-Avatar space, every major movie is made looking kind of that way already. And there's a question to be asked of whether that is like part of what's mitigating the reaction. But um, no, I like visually, I think like it's it's operating in very similar territory. I would concede that some of the stuff with the people doesn't always hit like the rest of it does, but like it's a real spectacle. And we've said that word a few times, but like spectacle is the name of the game here. And if that was the goal, I mean, mission accomplished, everybody go home. You know what I mean? Like it is a spectacle. You cannot deny that. A spectacle, but to me, not much else. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of people were probably going to feel that way. Um, because it is it is difficult to get around spending three hours with a movie that feels as frustrating because of how dumb or shallow it is yeah like that is that is frustrating it does bother me how shallow it is like it is annoying to deal with and how Mm. like thoughtless it is at times whether culturally or otherwise like that is a, an issue right it but, could be smarter like i think if you work with these themes there, there is like the potential to to make like a really evocative philosophical sort of work of science fiction and, and uh, they don't do that here they just kind of take the easy commercial route which is understandable given the nature of the film and the production and its goals but 
to me, it's just not interesting, and I, I certainly don't want to spend three hours with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, you're not going to be the only person that feels that way. Um, I will also say, because I try to remark upon this when possible, um, musically, I don't remember a single thing about this movie. And I know the music's yeah. probably not really the point, but uh, I... Uh, I don't I do not recall the music here. The sound is great. I mean seeing it in IMAX is Whoa. is uh really It's the I only mean, way to sound. see it. I feel very yeah. strongly about this. If you're going to bother seeing this movie again, if you're not seeing it in IMAX, why are you going? <laughs> I think you should watch it on your smartphone actually. Like it would probably look pretty good on a smartphone still. As All good as it can. Uh, Turn around, Corey. James Cameron is there, and he's about to punch you in the. Throat. He's got a knife. <laughs> he's got a bow and arrow given to him by his dead dad, <laughs> just like in Atiri from Avatar. Um, and also, uh, while we're still talking about story stuff, sort of circumstantially. I just want to reiterate, I think it's fine that everybody says bro. I like that everybody says bro. I think it's funny. Uh, I think it's a funny... Because what it tells me is that in this world, like, that is a word they picked up from, like, the people around them, and I think that that's funny. I think that they grew up around people that say bro a lot, <laughs> and I think that that's hilarious. Well, um, but aren't they not even speaking English? Like, doesn't... Jake says at the beginning that he he knows Navi so well that it just sounds like English to him. And isn't that the shortcut for why we're hearing English? So that they must be saying a different word and he just right. is translating it to bro. Well, then there's there's two possible things here. One, there's some English and some of the bro came from that. Or two, it is just a translation choice, in which case I think it's even more fine because like, I don't know, they don't need to talk like Earth teenagers. They're from Pandora. Like whatever um i i enjoy the teen speak i think it's fun i was entertained by the teen speak um i'm pretty sure spider talks about like somebody's mom being hot or something that's hilarious like <laughs> just weird just weird shit to have in this movie <laughs> um how do we feel about if not like the the writing cuz i think i think we've kind of established that as a collective it's we we assess it as like too shallow likely um offensive at least by way of not feeling like it paid enough care with regard to like certain cultures and at other times just kind of dumb but uh how do we feel about like how it's being performed and delivered by these people um, I thought it ranged from from good good to bad, and I don't think it really uh the ceiling is probably like um Zoe Saldana's performance when her son dies and she's just screaming. Though I, I wish that she had more to do in this movie. I think they kinda I Dude, think she's they, got shit all. <laughs> I think they go to that well too often and she just does some screaming, and so I actually think that that sort of uh undercuts the moment because it's it's not that different than other stuff we see her do um and then you know i think i think there's 
there's good believable acting uh from from most of the other people in fact i really liked uh sigourney weaver's uh, teen character i i'm a dumbass i didn't even know that it was uh that it was her playing a younger version i didn't recognize her um and so I think that I think that's really cool that that she felt like a different character to me. I thought she, whoever that was in my head, I thought she was so charming and and cool. And uh, um, I liked that. I think, uh, but I I don't think there's any of the characters are really given the opportunity to to be more than than you know simply believable i don't think any of it feels extraordinary and i think it 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 goes to the other end of the spectrum of being bad unfortunately uh with the character of spider i i did not buy that actor at all i really like his look um God, I, I, think I totally buy spider i think I spider's think, hilarious oh uh, i think uh i think the the look had the riz and i like that um <laughs> i like that James Cameron no. ca- cast someone who who uh, who seems to be an an unknown. You know, it kind of reminds me of like the 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 girl from from Aliens, where he he just cast someone and gave him a shot. But uh, but I I did not buy the actor at all, um, and I also don't think he's 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 given all that much to do. I mean, I think that there there are a lot of scenes where it kind of felt to me like they they gave him sort of like a improv direction where like, like they, a, he they gave he, him a vibe they didn't he, give him like words to say he, yeah he like it's like he had direction but he didn't actually have lines in some scenes and he just had to kill time so there are a lot of scenes where he's saying like come on let's go let's go hurry up or or uh come on don't don't uh the scene where um where uh steven lang's character takes a hostage and then spider runs in like it it just felt like he was he was killing time and i also just don't think like his delivery uh was good i think it's totally possible that that i could uh, be impressed by this actor in other movies because i think that he does have a an interesting way about him but but i i didn't i didn't i thought he was uh he's got white guy dreads what's not to love yeah (laughs) <laughs> so yeah uh, I th- I'm pretty i was i was i don't know if i'd say underwhelmed by the performances i don't know what i was expecting but uh i think what i'm learning from this movie is that either i was expecting too much or um the movie is just uh even if it did the best it could maybe the like that would be uh not not what i wanted because like you made a good point, Corey, that this movie has to appeal to uh, the whole world, and I and I really felt that. I felt like some of these lines and and some of the uh, the way commu- um, things are communicated just felt like it it needs to be so that it can easily be translated. Um, and so there's just like not it doesn't allow itself to have a whole lot of. Uh, thematic depth um it's like the themes are just scratched upon and uh, and i respect that that some of these themes are in it you know um i i think i align with a lot of james cameron's views so i like that it's in there but but i would prefer to see a movie that that goes deeper and i wish that this movie could go deeper or or, or would go deeper um in in basically all senses i guess except for how deep for underwater it goes yeah it goes pretty deep underwater. What did you think of the performances, Corey? Yeah, I 
I think I I think the adult performances are universally serviceable. Um, I don't know if I was blown away by any individual one in particular. Um, uh, I think some of the Stephen Lang is now in an Avatar stuff early on was pretty good, but um, I think the most engaging performances here are from the kids actually which i think is a testament to them and uh also the casting department uh i am a spider defender aside from the fact that thinking spider is hilarious i just think that that unique way about him that you're describing is just something that i think worked i was saying that i was going back and forth on sigourney weaver i think overall i'm positive on it but there were just moments where and I don't know if it was like a writing choice that was making me react a certain way or if it was a performance choice, but where I just, it didn't totally feel like a young person. Um, maybe that was just context. Like, like, like you said, like if I just came into the movie and didn't know it was Sigourney Weaver, maybe I wouldn't care. Right. Um, so hard to say there, but I do like the dynamic a lot between the two, the two brothers and frustratingly, they're also not given a lot to do. It feels like, but I like them together. I think that it feels like an actual bond between two people for the most part. Um, so that was good. I also do want to say, I don't want to be too cynical on my assumption of how many narrative choices may or may not have been made just so it was easily translatable to other regions but it's hard to not think like that this wasn't made knowing it was going to be expected to have like a universally applicable appeal and also need to make billions of dollars so you know maybe it's insulting to the audience to assume that that means you have to simplify it uh maybe it's just true you know who's to say but um yeah, I think overall I liked it. Yeah, I really like the way that this is going to sound silly, but the way that Loak plays off of the whale. And I know that sounds silly because he's acting against the animated whale, but I feel like when he just gets like a moment to really engage with that, I feel like those are effective in large part because he's doing a good job. Um also the youngest actor for for Tuke, I think is doing a good job at feeling like a kid and not in a way that feels like extremely contrived or annoying. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm willing to give, you know, like generally kudos all around for those. Uh, if some of them are fairly limited or a little bit boring uh, because they're not given a lot to do, I don't think that was the fault of anybody's execution or anything like that. What did mm. you think about the performances, Mitch? I was unable to connect with any of them. None of them really hit with me in a way that I wanted wanted them to. And I think that that is in part uh, the limitations of, of the writing or the, the kind of writing that we're dealing with. And uh, Corey's like the bond, Corey said the bonds feel like real. And to me, they didn't, it, they just felt like whatever bond there was, was built up by a series of sort of uh, contrivances in, in the writing. And um, I find it difficult as well to kind of like be, um wowed by by such like a a heavily like digitized um uh medium it feels almost more like it's it's 
like how you would appraise the acting in, in say like a cartoon or something. Um, the performances, uh, there's something that just doesn't quite click there. And I think it, it's, it's, I think partially cosmetic. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I didn't really like any of them. None of them, uh, stood out as being like, wow, that was a great performance. It's just like that was a performance, uh, kind of tripping through some poorly written lines. And for me, it just, it didn't work. I didn't care about any of the characters. None of the performances were able to make me care about the, the characters or the bond. If they were all to die on that, uh, what is it called? An acrano, acrano plan, whatever, whatever that sort of thing is that, that what the fuck did you say? It's it's uh the Soviets invented them. They're those it's a boat that hovers above water on sort of like a that's driven by propellers. Um, that big sort of ship that they're that they're cruising around on. Right. I think it's called Necrano Plan. Yeah, that's what they're called. Um, okay. So in yeah. this universe, do we think the Soviet Union is back? <laughs> I don't know, but the Soviets <laughs> did put like a shit ton of money into Necrano Plans, and they were a kind of a failure because they don't perform well on. Uh, rough seas at all, but they, they were needed, meant to. They needed to wait until twenty one sixty six. Yeah, they were. They were uh, originally kind of devised because they could fly really quickly under radar. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. All. All. All the performances just don't don't really work for me, and that's too bad because I feel like uh, some solid sort of performances done with like a a bit more charm, a bit more. Um. And a better writing too could have could have made me really care about these people, but instead everything sort of feels very um, one dimensional, and uh, the characters and their their bonds are not really hard earned. They're just kind of given to you on a, on a on a plate. I don't know. It's it's just very very straightforward, and I, I was really bored with the characters and the performances. Edie Falco, I think, did a good job, but she wasn't around. She's in it for like thirty seconds. Yeah, but I liked her. Um, but otherwise, I like. I like that her her mech has a mug, and she's drinking with the mech arm instead of her own arm. I think that's very funny. Yeah, and I think that she's also her character is kind of interesting in the banality of kind of evil, especially in relationship to in relation to colonialism and sort of, um this kind of uh like paper pushing kind of uh of, of like a an evil um that i think is is interesting and i wish had been explored more um yeah i just didn't really enjoy any of the performances i i i know you're like spider was was kind of fun i feel like the the character though and his motivations and and how he relates to other characters um particularly his his blue dad <laughs> um, well it's not his dad it's the it's the memories and personality of his dad this is an memories important and pers- yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know it just it's just had me rolling my eyes a lot and so did the camaraderie with with the brothers and like the younger uh see people without it how they related i don't know the just- younger white <laughs> see people did you say see people what do you want like i'm not I don't give a shit about the lore. I found it hard to get into the lore in the first one. I, I'm not... I'm not like, asking you to respect the lore. I just think sea people was an interesting choice. Well, 
I feel like it's a pretty serviceable way. That's what, that's what they are. They're swimming around like fucking sea monkeys. They're ocean masters. Give them the respect they <laughs> earned. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, yeah, the performances just aren't it for me. The whole thing I, I just found really difficult to engage with outside of the superficial and like the visual. And, and there were times where I was like, wow, this is really cool. But um, none of it makes the the length worthwhile to me or or um i don't know they're they're not elevating the material in any way sorry i almost knocked my mic over as i i went to go adjust it and i nearly uh had a calamity what um, about you liam i i talked about it a bit i, I was on i was oh, on the same you. page as you mitch uh i, I, I was think checking they, some beef that i'm i'm, I'm braising so <laughs> oh, yeah I that, that's all like <laughs> yeah i thought i thought they ranged from from bad with spider to good with zoe saldana but even then i wish she got more to do and i think the the writing kind of uh put all the actors at a disadvantage and so i yeah. i wasn't i wasn't too impressed with anyone really i think the avatar character model is kind of goofy too and i feel like as time has kind of elapsed between this one and the other one that sort of character design has been memed pretty significantly so i also maybe wasn't able to take them as seriously as i i would have liked to because i just found the whole thing and and the whole um visual design of the characters to be kind of goofy <laughs> so i just i i couldn't do it so oh go ahead liam that's um that's a good point and that's kind of why i'm very curious to see like what fire navi means i i'm very interested to see a different character design um you know you, you, i don't you, think you, it's going to be that different <laughs> i would i would love if it was i really hope I'm it not. is um you know, Mitch. Mitch said, asked earlier, or um, uh, you guys were talking about how different Avatar One is to this, if it's groundbreaking or not. And um, in my memory, it it, it it's, it's pretty similar. Uh, I didn't I didn't think this was too groundbreaking, and I thought that I think that's more of a compliment to the 2009 Avatar than it is a discredit to this one. Um, I I remember the 2009 one really looking good, but I I mean I remember toy story and the incredibles looking really good as well but um these looked like the same the same characters i thought they looked realistic and um it was really only when the water is introduced that you know that it feels like it, it really goes the extra mile um and so i i would love for the third movie to have something else that goes the extra mile visually and i think a, a different character design some sort of uh fire thing might be cool like what if they're just burning all the time like ghost rider that's what i want that would be kind of cool yeah i don't know how likely that is but it would be it would be kind of sick um i can't believe they're doing evil fire navi that is just the most like got up they got that metaphor you ordered <laughs> like yeesh um so what I was going to say is it's been almost two and a half hours, not quite, but like almost two twenty. Um, we're not budging in our positions too terribly. So I had one more thing I wanted to just like suggest in case we hadn't gotten to it yet. And then maybe, maybe we call that a day on avatar, but because we haven't gone in, into a ton of particular depth, like in a scene by scene way. And like, how would we, because like, 
it's been it's a three-hour movie like what do you want but um are there like any scenes that we haven't talked about that you think deserve particular note and i will say for good reasons or bad in the interest of mitch's participation (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it's pretty remarkable that this movie has a, I don't know, what felt like a, a 40 minute um, action scene to, to basically close out the movie. And that's, you know, all the all the boat fighting and people getting speared and having to go yeah. from one boat to another and then culminating in uh, the James Cameron classic of, of water rising and, and the characters have to have to get away. Um, I think that whole scene has a, a lot of really cool visuals in it. I, I really, I wish that I, that I felt the gravity of it more. Um, I guess because, uh, because I didn't, didn't get attached to the characters and, and the writing beforehand. It sort of just feels like uh, what I've said about other action movies, which is just like, kind of like smashing action figures together though. In this sense, I mean the, that this is like a really good, uh, really well composed action figure fight it's not quite just smashing it's like they're actually like you bring up the action figures and kind of like tactical around it's it's very tactical um so uh, so i i really liked uh a lot of the stuff in there um but again you know emotionally it it didn't quite hit and i've heard from some people where emotionally it, it really did hit for them and they and they were they were feeling it they were feeling for the character but to me it sort of felt like uh i think jake sully kind of just feels like a like a boneheaded sitcom dad to me um with like a, a placeholder sitcom family um and so uh in fact i think a sitcom family the kids might actually have a bit more personality so it didn't it Gee didn't um, Sully stick together <laughs> so it, it didn't hit on an a on an emotional level um but i thought the i thought the visuals were really cool um even though i thought the actual writing of it was was pretty pretty standard you know that they've got a he's got to talk his son up as the water is rising and um you know i i feel like it's it's stuff that i've that i've seen before and and you know maybe james cameron knows that but i i was also expecting i think a bit more of a subversion in 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 the writing and, uh, and i didn't get it and maybe that's on me i've kind of already talked about the the scenes that i like um to talk about the scenes that i don't like would take a long time um yeah, you then like you, I'm not. You don't have to just like feel obligated to like a dunk parade if you like. Yeah, like it, it's again. I I like the the I like the scenes with the whale. The whale is great. I did like the the combat scene like near the end. Although I found that once it kind of deteriorated into like that sort of uh, burning a cranoplan fight, I felt like that kind of went on a bit too long. But the the initial assault scene is is great, where they they kind of take them on in open water and and uh, charge like that's really good, and it, it has a, a kind of catharsis to it that that works really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, by and large, I'm just this is just not the not the film for me. Yeah, I uh, I do want to give an an also a note to the early action scene in the movie with the train. That was fun. Uh, I totally forgot about that scene. Just feels like well composed action, as Liam said, just very like efficiently well done, like legible, thoughtful, thoughtfully put together at least uh, action. Um, 
the slow motion shot is funny. I will say there are some pieces here. I don't know if I don't know if this uh, comparison is going to fall on deaf ears, or maybe if I'll even believe it in a week. But somebody might agree with me. But um, uh, I saw like stuff in this movie. I've already said that. Like I think the water is beautiful. Whatever. But I saw some stuff in this movie that makes me think that maybe James Cameron should be involved in the mobile suit Gundam movie that they're making. Um, and the reason that I say that is because one, uh, that motherfucker knows how to shoot a mech doing stuff. Uh, two, they've got the technical wherewithal to really make some some robotic stuff look real, real nice. And there's that, as mentioned, like this spirituality and like mysticism thread running through it that exists in Gundam as well that I'm just like, just chuck this dude with some robots in space and let him make a Gundam movie. I would be, I would be fascinated at the outcome. Uh, put some of that maternal rage thing he's got going on in there, even though that's not really already present. Just let him fucking jump around in there. They're, they're fairly straightforward in terms of the stakes. Fuck it. Let's see what happens. If we're making a Western Gundam movie, maybe let James Cameron do it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and some of the action in this movie kind of made me think that further. Again, I don't know if either of you care about that, but uh, I just wanted to voice that because maybe somebody will agree with me or they'll say I'm stupid. So whatever. There it is. Um, are we okay with making that our final point on Avatar? Avatime? The second Avatu Avatime? Uh yeah yeah I'll just say because I I I keep forgetting to say it whenever we bring up the water and stuff and Mitch has mentioned the whales a oh, few times you know I've I've said the water is is awesome when it gets there but specifically I guess my thing that I I want to see another one in the third uh, like another thing that gives me this feeling and maybe Fire Navi could be it is literally the design and the look and the the animation on the whale um looked so realistic and carried such emotion like i just it was you know they see the eyes or the window to the soul and just looking at that whale like it literally like made me want to cry i thought that was such a beautiful visual and i loved i loved that whole part of the movie so uh call this i i I wish this movie was avatar the way of the whale and it just had more whale in it though there's a good amount of whale but there's a lot of whale but the whale stuff's good i'm pro whale stuff i'm also pro crab-shaped robot <laughs> i'm probably a lot of silly things in this movie the crowbot the crowbot if you will. i do like the way that a lot of the humans vehicles look like the mechs are cool i think the those like sort of uh torpedo like submarines are, are dope like those mini subs yeah those are weird like they don't think- seem like like sensible in that you got two people lying down like lying astern i don't know if that's a great idea but they look cool I mean, submarines like that have been used historically. I mean, but um, like just very small submersibles like that. But I mean, I think, yeah, like they look really cool. And I like the shot of the interior, especially when the glass breaks and you, the water rushes in. That's a great effect in 3D. Um, yeah. I oh, mean, the water. Look, if you're going to call a movie the way of water, the water better look like the water in this movie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You, you set the bar for water. Um, water world eat your heart out 
How's he going to so, do with fire now? The 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 faith of fire or whatever. I know, and like water is his thing. Maybe he to doesn't fair, know the, as much about fire. So no, the fire see. in this movie looks pretty good. Like <laughs> that's yeah, true. that one sequence where like the fire is just ripping through the forest, like this this blazing it inferno. It looks pretty good. <laughs> all the animals are running. It looks pretty good. Oh, Jim, bro, you did it, buddy. You you made another avatar. So. This is going to sound like a cop-out, but it isn't. Um, I kind of... I feel like I kind of influenced this p- this pick a bit you last did. week. Um, so, and I don't... I didn't have a movie that I was, like, dying to get to coming up. So I would like to open the floor for recommendations for stuff that maybe we should get to next week. Because I did kind of lean on the avatar-ness of this pick somewhat. Yeah, and the fact that Mitch didn't like it is and doubly the, painful. Yeah, so I'm I'm open to hearing these things out. Now go ahead, Mitch, if you got any ideas. Oh, geez. Um, I, I got Matilda in there, but you're the one who got usurped. I wasn't expecting this. An um, olive branch. Yeah, fuck, I wasn't expecting this, this olive branch. Um... The one time I know it's my pick and I'm <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see I'd like to see Nightmare Alley by Guillermo del Toro. I haven't seen it yet. Ooh. I like how we have two like several Guillermo del Toro movies we could theoretically do if we're going with that one right now. Yeah. I've seen the original one from the forties with Tyrone Power and it's a wonderful movie. And i I just didn't get to see it in theaters and right now. So I really love the original. So and I, I love Guillermo del Toro. So again, we could also do Pinocchio, but but I'm I'm more leaning towards Nightmare Alley. Pinocchio, but with Nazis. Yeah, well, it, it is part of his trilogy, like his his Pan's Labyrinth, Devil's Backbone, sort of confronting fascism trilogy. Yeah, the Spanish they enjoy confronting fascism. Sometimes. Sometimes. Other times they enjoy being fascist. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a very important distinction to make. Franco yeah, okay. has entered the chat. <laughs> uh, Nightmare Alley. A pick I came to totally of my own volition. Let's do it. Cool. And uh, with that, I'll, I'll consider. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? The way of what? <laughs> The way of what? Are you running away from something? That's kind of what it sounded like. I guess we'll never know because he does leave. So, um, Liam, do you have anything you'd uh, be interested in, in plugging or talking? You just talk about something. You could recommend something to somebody. You you could theoretically do other things here. I guess I'd never really give you the opportunity. But like you can plug stuff or do something else. I guess. Well, I'll tell you what I'm planning to do this week. I want to go see uh, the movie Megan. So I maybe I'll recommend people see Megan, and then if I also want to talk about it. You Megan. can you can message me because it's not a sequel, not yet. Um, but I want to go see Megan, and so. So I'll do that, and you can check out my Letterboxd and maybe my Twitter if I feel so inclined to tweet about it. Uh, those accounts are called Graham the Mallow, and uh, we can be we can be Megan buddies. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd uh, at Mr. Corey Price. You can listen to the other podcasts that I make. One of them is MK Podquest with our friend Neil 
MK pod like podcast quest like conquest and also quest like journey. Um, it's really got a lot of meanings. We're very we're very smart people. Um, you can also listen to Strat Two, which is a podcast I do about F one uh, with uh, our friend Callum, who will be on this show someday. It's in the it's it's in the thoughts. It's in the works. Um, the F1 season isn't happening right now, but in a couple weeks, we will be recording some preseason stuff, so you can watch out for that. If you go to mortalcombatconquest.ca, you can find all those things in one convenient location with a very stupid URL. Um, thank you all, once again, for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. One day I'll stop plugging that because it hasn't been updated, but that day is not today. Uh, you can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as they made another one. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and whether or not you think it is reasonable that Navi teenagers have an overuse of the word bro and cuz. The bro to cuz ratio is interesting. So if you're interested in commenting on that, uh, I am curious about what people have to say about that. Um, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And uh, with all that out of the way, we're going to take a, a little mosey on down the nightmare alley next week. Have they made another one? Eight million. Eighty million. What does it matter? Nothing it matters. matters. It matters. Eight there's a there's an ocean. There's a way of the water between eight million and eighty million. Is there though? Yeah. Well, it depends. How bad is inflation in the future? Eight million what? Dollars. Yeah, but we have no we don't even know. <laughs> What it like? What the currency is valued at in this in this fiction? Inflation went down. Are they even using dollars? Probably. It could be rubles. I mean, sure. They are. They have embraced the Akrano plan. It could be V bucks. Bitcoin. Butcoin. Clean coal. 